At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, and I'm Pastor Mark. Oh, thank you, Father Mark, for joining us today. Yep, we'll get into why we're calling me that later, but, you know, you guys can refer to me that from now on. Gracias, yeah. Padre. Thank you. Um, joining myself and Pastor Mark today are uh, Christian, who, oh. but this is unfortunately Christian's yeah. last time yeah. on the show. Um, get wrecked, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to be on this one. You got three ones. Cheers and wisely. <laughs> and we also got Dylan. Yeah. Our man Dylan. Who hey. almost needs no introduction. It's real nice to see you guys. Look at this. We're friends together. It's this wholesome morning. We have to sit down as a family. Isn't it nice when just friends come together like this? Just enjoying a nice cup of coffee and some <sighs> eggs together. Started. And we're about to talk some 40K. It's nice. This is what family is all about. You know what? Let, let's go around. Let's, ask, yeah. let's say one thing we're all great for. <laughs> Oh my right. god. Yeah. I'm grateful to have such beautiful and successful friends who invite me onto their podcast. What wow. are you grateful for? I'm grateful that at the end of this episode, yeah. uh, Christian will leave the studio <laughs> for the last time. Yeah, for the last time. Yeah. And I think I might never have to see him again. That's, so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. That's so nice. Yeah, keep it going, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I'm just grateful for weed, I think. <laughs> Hold on. I, I believe you found Jesus. Do you mean Jesus or weed? <laughs> weed, yeah. Oh, what's the, I actually the got lost by Jesus and found the weed. And <laughs> I became a pastor at yeah. the end of it. Fair enough. Well, yeah. No, I'm actually trying to start a cult. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a different word. It's not, in fact, pastor. I think it's cult leader or a well, father. No, you, you, want a, brother, you want a little bit of legitimacy to sex it. Sex master. Daddy. Dungeon king. Dungeon king. Christian, what do you love? What do you for. I'm grateful they haven't changed the locks on the studio yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep making appearances. You know what? If they ever lock you out, I'll let you in. And if it's not to the studio, it's into my heart. Okay? <laughs> you all belong there. It's not a good place, Christian. Do not go <laughs> there. <out>. Abort. <laughs> Deny. Deny. <laughs> we rebuke you, Dylan's heart. <laughs> so I got some gifts for everybody, all right? Oh. I figured we can just like drink one of these each and Monster then talk about our feelings energy. what do you guys think about that i'm, I'm for it yeah um, dude let's just have a sip each holy and then, uh, crap. Let's, let's talk about our feelings i don't know i feel like this would be really good content for like a youtube channel or something like so that. you know i've Could never be. actually <laughs> drunk a monster are you serious really ne i don't i've never had a energy drink okay well the orange ones are actually? shitty so give it to mark yes well <laughs> i've never had one like orange better the taste like are orange carrots, carrots, so I'm gonna do you fuck with energy drinks well i've never done it Ever. Oh, you've never done so energy do drinks before. you'll do heroin, but you won't That's do right. energy drinks. Okay. You're welcome to Big D's Do you know what's in these things, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it says, uh, sold Vunborn children and uh, Dylan blood. Dylan. All right, it's going to be sick, dude. How many of these do you drink in a day? <laughs> I am primarily made of energy drinks. It's Big D's Do you know drink. what it says right on the can? What does it say right on the can? Tell me. Usage, one can maximum daily. Yeah, by oh. daily, it says, oh, I mean, it's like, it's minutely, Like, I, I think believe. they mean, like, uh, one flavor, though. Like, oh, don't, <laughs> one, don't stack up on multiple flavors. Sure. You're going to get bored of it. You want to have... A variety. Well, let's take this journey together. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Hey, well, cheers. everyone, welcome to Lorehammer. Ah. This is the- <laughs> <laughs> You're not cheers to me. I'm cheers. struggling to cheers you so well. All right, cheers. Okay. So we're gonna get into we're gonna get into this episode. Uh, we're talking about minotaurs today, but we got a couple. Oh, other- it tastes like radioactive piss. Oh, what's gonna taste like? <laughs> the blue one's not bad. The- Here, let me try the green one. Yeah. No. Uh, it's dude, mine. I got immunized on Tuesday, bro. No COVID here, man. I'm safe. I'm fucking protected. You understand? No? Alright. I just that. want you to know monster doesn't count as immunization. <laughs> he has not the cure it, He doesn't have blood throwing through his body. It's just energy drink. It's tapped into the Okay. Wall. Wow. Well, this is nice. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so thank you, Dylan and Chris, for showing up on the show. <laughs> today's welcome, today's episode is uh number ninety-one. Yeah. Which is pretty, we're getting pretty high up there. Dylan pointed out that um, we are now nine episodes away from episode 100, which is good. Thank you for doing, proving that you can do some simple math yeah. Yeah, for us. Dylan. It took me a while. It took me the whole drive here, but I eventually arrived at those <laughs> yeah. numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we'll do like uh, some type of poll to see what, we, what we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about Bodie McBoatface for episode 100. <laughs> because that's what happens when you do polls. But <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happens. One fucking poll, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> I'm down for it, though. I think that's the way to do it. This is more enthusiasm than you shared five minutes ago when I originally presented this idea. <laughs> Y'all listened at home. I was like, sir, what's the plan for episode 100? Every other podcast does a big thing for their round yeah. number. And you're all like, ah, why don't we just go episode 99 into yeah, episode 101? That's still the first contender right there, for sure. Right just now, skip it. we're yeah. just brainstorming right yeah. now. Right. So. Yeah. Well, we're, listeners, if you want an exciting episode for episode 100, push these guys, man. Yeah, I'll do come, the same for my ends. You know, I, you, I feel like the fans need it. We need some extra content. <laughs> Yeah, come join the Discord. Concept. Yeah. If you need extra content, you should check out this podcast called Let's Talk Lorehammer, <laughs> which focuses on the community of Lorehammer itself. Wait, isn't that what we're doing here? Isn't this my episode of LCL? Oh. <laughs> I got a little confused, guys. My sweet summer child. Are you my guests? What's going on? <laughs> uh, but oddly enough, actually, the place to find out about LTL and the community of Lorehammer just happens to be our Discord. Yeah. Come check it out. Um, it's an app you can download on your phone. It's super simple. It's just a chat room app. Not that complicated. Pretty simple to Pretty use. Simple. Pretty cool. Come hang out. Share some 40K memes. Come look Sh- at our pets, our plants. Yeah. Ooh. Share some stupid 40K theories that I'm just going to roll my eyes at because it's half-baked, <laughs> half-cocked, and not hard at all, <laughs> which is my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Generally, I just go to that at a party. I mean, if you're looking for a good time, it's the perfect place. <laughs> it's full of rowdy people, crazy individuals. It's a motley crew, you know. Come come get your party on. Uh, especially if you are, are a member of our Patreon or our Imperial Tithe, as we call it, mm-hmm. um, because that's where you can participate in our monthly contests where we give out Games Workshop gift cards. Um, I think one just just ended the other day the contest was yeah. heroes of your faction yeah yeah yeah. so we wanted to see kind of like your your big models your showpiece models um pretty neat 
I don't know if you guys took a look Did at the submissions. Did they announce who won? Yeah, I, I, I looked through. They will announce that in the next couple days. Ah, um, yeah, so I think the new contest starts normally on the 1st. I believe it submissions end on the 25th, and then the winner is announced on the 30th. They need to give you more time to paint a model. Like, I'm thinking six months minimum. That's, wow. for, you, that's for you, Christian. <laughs> yeah, if you're a, a slow burn paint, paint contest, yeah. Be a problem. yeah. It's really a personal problem, Christian. Um, if you have more talent, this is easily, uh, you know, just... <laughs> but even if uh, contests are not your thing, or you're not a member of our Patreon yet, which you should be, uh, we also are running weekly events. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do lots of weekly events. Uh, I watched Hell's Reach last week. Uh, next week, uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to be watching Hell's Reach again. If you want further details, just go go to the Discord. You know, you can find stuff there. Yeah. But, uh, I've been they're doing, sweet. I've like, been doing some painting. painting. I'm doing some modeling this Ooh. Friday. And it's been a while since I've actually put glue on plastic. How <laughs> so. good. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Yeah, um, cool. We have a lot of hangouts with some of our other people in the Discord. So there's always something going on. There's always yeah. something active happening. So if you're just looking for a place to hang out, chat 40K, shoot the shit with other Lorehammer people. Yeah. Uh, lore whores, as I like to call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, really approachable. Like, there's always yeah. a thick amount of people like just <laughs> hanging out in the voice chat. And if you jump in there, like, sometimes it's scary to click the button. But, like, if you get in there, people are generally pretty cool. And you can get along straight away. Absolutely. Even I just like just to quiet. listen. You just like you're like Marco. This is you don't you don't seem like a dominant kind of person, Christian. You want to like sit in the corner and listen and be submissive. Yeah, that's more your speed. Uh, I just like to watch. <laughs> Normally wearing a Superman suit from the closet. <laughs> you have to perform. That's how you get invited back to this place, man. Uh, Dylan, if you could say in under thirty seconds what this next segment you're doing for LTL is, because I'm actually really excited for it. It sounds really fun. Yeah, cool. Um, so we are doing our own very own pub quiz. Um, Discord has a really cool tool called the Stage Channel. will essentially allow us to record a live episode of the podcast and individual members can join um, as an audience, which is a default unmuted. Um, so the idea is you can uh, enter in pairs and you'll compete against other pairs in the audience um, t- uh, in a series of questions to find out who's the grand winner, essentially. Ooh. So it's really fun. It's going to be interactive. Um, it should be next week. Um, if you do want to be involved, jump on the Discord, flick me a message. Um, I believe the time is it's Thursday, 12 o'clock PT. Um, so you'll need a buddy. You'll need a working mic. Um, you'll both need to be available at that time. And you need a team name. So come up with a sweet team name. Nice. And then uh, message us up. And then hopefully you can be involved in the episode. This will be the most guests we have in a single episode. We're kind of experimenting it. We're only going to choose a small amount of teams. Um, but if you make the cut, you'll be, it'll be an awesome episode. So. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. It sounds really cool. I love the idea. Um, I've been tossing around with Mark the idea of trying to run like a, a pub trivia night in our city. Mm. Yeah. Know, when things run uh, pop back up, which should be really soon, which is awesome. Yep. Um, but I'm getting... It's kind of gets my juices flowing. <laughs> all this, uh, I'm tempted to say that the winner actually uh, is going to claim the title of Lore Master. Ah. I will step down as my role <laughs> of Lore Master, and, and they will ascend in my place. That's awesome. There can only be four, right? I can't so. wait to, to meet my new business partner. I cannot wait. I'm best friend. Take over every other aspect of your life. <laughs> yeah. You have to go back and live in that person's life and take <laughs> their life and like, go pat their dog and look after their kids. You guys just trade places. It's like wife swap, but it's life swap. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. Um, wow. You okay. know what? Maybe we should talk about Warhammer today. We're in it. We're here. We're ready. We love it. That's do you, right. Do you know what we're talking about today? Daka uh, Daka. No. 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 <laughs> you get that orky bullshit out of here. <laughs> 
Today is actually, uh, we're going to focus on a Space Marine chapter. This is going to be uh, our second chapter-focused episode, but, you know, we have talked about other things like Grey Knights and Death, Death Watch. Watch before, but... Yeah, I'm kind of excited. So excited to, to talk about Ultramarines today. Ultramarines. Oh, no. yes. cut that out. <laughs> no, no, not just Ultramarines. We're doing all nine legions right now. <laughs> all nine traitor legions. <laughs> no, today is an episode all about the the Minotaurs chapter. Yeah, the Minotaurs. Um, you mean um, the mythological creature, the Minotaur? I know it's like a bull person, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, they put what them in power is. armor and they. Send I mean, them on their way. Seems pretty effective. It is very effective. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, let's start with the history of the Minotaurs. The history and past of the Minotaurs chapter is shrouded in mystery, and some parts are lost to the sands of time. Their origins and many of their records are either missing, sealed away so tightly that even some members of the Inquisition have found they cannot access them. Compounding this suspicion, such, uh, suspicious situation, the records that have been accessed are full of conflicting or contradicting information. Yeah, so while we're going through the Minotaurs and their history, we're going to be giving you dates that don't line up, and it's going to be great. But unlike the Tau, it's intentionally like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm excited to get into it because, they're, they're, like we said, they're quite a mysterious chapter, and mm-hmm. uh, as we get deeper into why they're mysterious, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of cool little tidbits and things you can pick and pull apart, theories that you yeah. can like. Th- this is like one of the pull part- out of your ass that make no sense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This we'll is one of the theories. perfect chapters for that. Yeah, because there's enough information. It's secret. It's good. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. We can find sneaky ways to connect dots. If we, yeah. we, we go big brain. All right. So the following is a compilation of all the known records of the Minotaurs. Not, not all of them. You know, let's not get a eccentric here. But we'll start <laughs> in M32 in the Solar Rebellion. Their earliest records reports on the Minotaurs chapter participating in a counteroffensive in the Western Segmentum Solar during M32. A chaos uprising led by Iron Warriors, Night Lords, World Eaters, Trade Legions, and supplemented by chaos cults, uh, plunged 100 systems into anarchy and violence. <sighs> That's a lot. It's a pretty big part. the The fact that it's in the soul, the Segmentum Solar, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because not much happens in there. Um, the Imperium has a pretty tight grip. Yeah. On it, even so much so that it's the Segmentum that has. Uh, allegedly, zero Xenos presence. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. They yeah. purged every single Xenos presence <laughs> yeah, from right. the Segmentum Solar. Yeah. Which is crazy <laughs> to say that you can, you've done that in any amount of space. It's too bad they couldn't save 100 systems from trade allegiance. Chaos <laughs> is hard, okay? Yeah, no. It's not a trace of Orcs, but it's fucking chaos. <laughs> it's always that way. Together with the Carcharodons, Angel's Absolution, and Death Eagles, the Astartes forces were able to halt and destroy the uprising by focusing their attention on the Chaos Lords leading the rebellion. Once their leadership was destroyed, the remaining forces of Chaos crumbled, and the Solar Rebellion ended. There was apparent lack of information about the Solar uh, Rebellion, and we can only be certain that it happened sometime after the second founding, which is like when they founded a bunch of space marines after the Horus Heresy, essentially. Well, yeah, after, so the, the purpose yeah. of this was kind of to try and find out when these uh, Minotaurs were actually founded, but yeah. they, they don't give us a date. They don't, yeah. So we just know it's sometime before the Solar Rebellion, but it's probably like after the second founding. So mm-hmm. there's like a pretty big gap in there. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so the Kirkaridons, uh, the earliest record of them is 888 M32, uh, other than for the Solar World War. The Angels Absolution were created during the second founding, during 
021 m31 and the death eagles where the earliest record is the solar rebellion so it's kind of even hard to try and use their Their, numbers to try and figure out the minotaur numbers yeah Yeah, right so because none of them really have some like strong information other than the angels of absolution where they tell you that they were the second founding my toes are in like the wading pool right now (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait to take a couple more steps in (laughs) it's deeper and deeper yeah There are seven uh, total known foundings that place from the second founding in M21, M31, until the unnamed founding in M33. The Minotaurs could have been formed out of any of these seven, though the third or fourth seem likely as they are named and saw the most chapters officially formed. So just statistically, it's most likely that they were third or fourth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, After the record mentioned uh, of the Minotaur chapter then officially disappeared from records for like over 4,000 years, just gone. Yeah. So they appeared. We have a brief glimpse of this one solar war, and there wasn't even that much information. There's almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They just kind of mentioned like, hey, they took out chaos leadership. They worked with these chapters. Yeah. And then they disappeared yeah. as quickly as they appeared. Why do you guys they do more research to find out what happened? Yeah, I think this is a failure on the research. <laughs> researchers' oh. part. You guys are little mosses. You should have all the answers. What <laughs> happened, guys? Fill the gap. The mystery. The mystery. Don't worry, Eric. Soon you he won't be a lord. If master. you want to see me cry, you need a hit. <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> I'll give you a cuddle, buddy. I love you. Um. Yeah, so now they're gone for 4,000 years. As you do. As you do. Just a quick nap. Uh, So now the next time they're mentioned is we're going to talk about this area of time from M36 to M38. So in the year 991 M35, the Minotaurs were created as part of the cursed 21st founding. Um, We are going to circle back to the entire cursed founding, Mm -hmm. like... Uh, especially when it comes to talking about their gene seed and, yeah. and you know what their effects are from from their curse founding, um, so we're not going to do that right now. We're yeah. going to do it later. Cool. So during this two thousand year period, the Minotaurs earned themselves a reputation as berserkers <laughs> and having a quoted barely controlled battle fury. While they were quick to answer any call for their aid, they would normally ignore command trees and battle plans, uh, and instead the chapter would just simply engage the enemy en masse <laughs> until they were destroyed. Crazy. <laughs> so just st- typical berserkers run in and just wreck. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get them, boys. Uh, most Imperial bodies uh, during this time period began to hesitate before calling upon the Minotaurs for aid, with some outright <laughs> shunning or refusing to accept their help. The chapter uh, was primarily unbothered by this and continued to face the enemies of the Imperium at their own discretion. Hmm. So everyone's like, hey, you don't play nice. And the mentor is like, that's fine. I play better alone. <laughs> <laughs> I take my toys elsewhere. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool. Like one of the characters we talk about, we talk a little bit more about like the relation of him he basically goes and kills a bunch of guardsmen i don't want to spoil it but it, you always hear chapters like the flesh eaters or the flesh terrors like all these like crazy berserker chapters um let's start adding minotaurs to this list yeah. of uh at least the m36 the to m38 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, to the list of bad Astartes right. that, that <laughs> Wait, you don't want. There are good Astartes? They're going to start multi-layered. <laughs> oh, my God. The only recorded campaign that they participated in from M36 to M38 uh, was the War for the Andromics system. Okay. And this took place during the 8th Black Crusade in 999 M37, so right at the end of this period. 
Uh, and this war was between the forces of Night Lords and Iron Warriors and the Adeptus Custodes, Adeptus Mechanicus forces, and the Minotaur chapter. Crazy. Yeah, so then they got involved in the Eighth Black Crusade. Yeah. Uh, like, they must be doing other things for 2,000 years. They like, definitely like, were. Yeah. We just don't have any specific yeah. names yeah. for campaigns that yeah, they participated yeah, exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they earned this berserker, um, they, yeah. like, personality during this and they were active enough that enough people are like no i don't, I don't want their help <laughs> yeah. and if they're if they're off fighting their own wars too like who's documenting it right like they don't yeah, yeah they don't care there's sure. also something yeah. special about them uh which we'll go into more later but one of the reasons they might not have a presence all over the galaxy is because they really like to work as a single unit mm -hmm. so they can't really be in 10 campaigns at once because they're not spreading their infantry yeah. all throughout the galaxy. They like a 1,000-man squad, for sure. Squad. Squad. So after this specific campaign, the War for the Andromics system, uh, they disappear from Imperial Records for another 3,000 years. Hmm. Gone. That's a hot And map. as quickly as okay. they appear, Are they, holidaying? they disappear. <laughs> like, if they're not fighting other people, that if they're fighting other people, there'd be evidence of that. So I guess they're just chilling on a beach. I mean, <laughs> I mean like... It's the only logical explanation. <laughs> yeah. They have to relax at some this point. Is you do archaeology, too. It looks like this whole civilization just went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it takes thousands of years of vacation to get the anger to go back into battle with the ferocity that they do. So, uh... Cool. So then we jump... Ahead, 3,000 years. Yes. Dylan's going to cover this one for us. Oh my gosh, M41, pre-Great Rift. The Minotaurs next appeared during the Macarian Heresy. Uh, this took place after Lord Sola Macarius died in 441, and his generals engaged in a civil war over control of the newly conquered territories. <laughs> it's kind of neat. Uh, I just did like a, a post. I was doing War Masters on like our our social feeds yeah and i did a post on lord solar macarius pretty cool guy pretty neat guy pretty cool campaign <laughs> yeah well, so what is it it was uh seven years a thousand worlds That's right. or he, something he, he wanted to what? have the most successful and the greatest crusade since the great crusade yeah. right. and he succeeded with a thousand worlds brought into the imperium in seven years and he would have gone further except for his stupid crew who are cowards and they refuse to leave the light of the Astronomicon behind. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty. he's a pretty cool guy. Are we getting into that or not? No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> no. Save it for the yeah. Macarian yeah, like, this story. Let's go to that one. <laughs> That's At way cool. At some point, we'll do the Macarian Crusade, right. the Macarian Heresy, yeah. Lord Solar Macarius himself. The, the Macarian Heresy, believe it or not, is actually worse than the Crusade was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what did you say? It was like okay. 200 years of... <laughs> it, took, it took 70 years. <laughs> to bring his like civil war generals back into <laughs> compliance so he wins a thousand worlds in seven in years. seven years and then he dies and then they instantly break off and then it takes 70 years of infighting <laughs> to fix what he did oh, God. Like, pretty great <laughs> like front end all that work <laughs> that's amazing um all right the minotaurs uh at the high order of high lords of terror uh, unexpectedly arrived during the uh, Uxine, Uxine, yeah, sure, incident, uh, which saw the Doom Warriors chapter and the Interceptors chapter engaged in a drawn-out conflict over a matter of honor. Without warning, the Minotaurs <laughs> attacked both chapters in full force, routing the Doom Warriors from the system and systematically destroying the Inceptors. When they were fewer than 100 Inceptors alive, they surrendered, and the Minotaurs confiscated many of the chapter's relics, as well as taking their flagship of their for their own. Holy fuck. 
So wow. this is where we're getting into what the Minotaurs wow. do. Yeah, kind <laughs> of their up. specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's they, a lot of damage, yeah. Yeah, they go in and they just fuck up two chapters, and then they steal all their shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fewer than 100 Inceptors alive. Jesus Christ. Yeah, crazy. Okay, and then they stole their shit because they're thugs. Uh, the, the, the brutal behavior against the Inceptors and Ultramarines' successor uh, caused the Ultramarines' chapter to denounce the Minotaurs for their atrocities and ban them from entering Ultramar. Several Ultramarine successor chapters have even sworn vengeance against the Minotaurs should the opportunity ever arise. <laughs> I love the idea that there's just like a ban, a, a travel ban, effectively, <laughs> on these uh, on this Minotaur chapter. They're they're flying through space, and all of a sudden they get a message like, "You're about to enter Ultramar space. Turn around." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't piss off the poster boys. It's not very fun. All right. The Minotaurs were also involved in the Badab War on the side of the Loyalist Imperial forces in 907 M41. They committed their entire chapter to the campaign and were praised for their victory over the Lamenters chapter, who they forced to surrender. This conflict led the Minotaurs led the, led the minute left the Minotaurs force badly depleted, and they spent the remainder of the war away from the front lines. Um, interdiction duties in the space in the space lanes and carrying out punitive actions against previously <laughs> rebel worlds. <laughs> Wait, what? what I'm, okay, I'm lost. I, I imagine these punitive actions, as in like you know, it's been three months since this planet rebelled, so let's just give them a quick bombing, <laughs> just so they know their place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then three months later, they're like, "All right, so it's time for their three month bombing. <laughs> time to throw some more bombs on this planet as a punishment, of course." Oh my god! Uh, also, they liberated quote marks uh, a portion of the Lamentus fleet. Mm-hmm. They're just little scavenger scoundrels. Yeah. God, um, little rascals. During the Badab War, there was I forget how many Space Marine chapters. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, and the Minotaurs were like the preeminent close combat Astartes during the Badab War until the Carcharodons came. Yes. But like... Until they also were so badly like... Um, mauled. Like they wiped yeah. out an entire chapter. You know, they're, they're But they were up there. In yeah. all the chapters, they're like up there for Astartes killing and like just... Yeah, they're one of the more well-known forces mm-hmm. in the Badab War. Yeah. The Badass War. Badab. The Badass War. The Bad, the bad. It feels like Badass, yeah. Be the Badass. That's cool. I like some boys with some choppers. I mean, like, yeah. you got to respect it, right? And, yeah, they do crazy stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Berserker theme is a very cool theme. Like, yeah. It's just the crazy fucking, like, blood-filled warrior. Um, okay, they participated in the reclamation of Rin's World, which had been overrun by the Orc Wah! Snagrod, uh, with a combined force from seven Space Marine chapters. The Minotaurs also assisted the Red Templars and the Grey Knights route, route the excommunicated Night Reapers chapter. Uh, immediately following this joint effort, the Minotaurs were sent to the Ophirian War, where the Ophirian sector had soon was soon disbanded, and the Minotaurs were charged with purging the entire sector of any Necron presence. Oh, jeez. It's right. one of the few cases where the Minotaurs actually failed what mm. they were supposed to do. So, I right. mean, it's kind of it was a very much a losing battle by sure. the time they arrived. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they were sent to the Orphean War to help, and then the High Lords are like, "Shit, man, this is way too crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're just like, this is gone. It's bad." So they withdraw, withdrew a bunch of their forces, and they're crazy. like, "Hey, Minotaurs, you." Guys cleaned it up. <laughs> we know there's a bunch of Necron waking up trying to take over, but you guys got this right. Got They're just like, Dib's not. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to do that other thing. That's so, not what they're made for. They're not made for killing. I know. You know yeah. yeah. And that's why they didn't do that great. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's that's their history kind of in that last portion up to the Great Rift. And the Great Rift kind of changes things. Right. So M42, post-Great Rift. Sometime in M42, a Death Guard company assaulted the Minotaur's fortress monastery, the Daedalus Krata. Although the Minotaurs were successful in defending their flagship, the Death Guard somehow managed to corrupt the gene stock of the chapter. Aware that their gene seed was now too corrupted to implant, the Minotaurs were faced with a slow, drawn-out extinction. Their solution was to race to Terra as fast as they could to procure pure and uncorrupted gene seed from the vaults. Once the Minotaurs reached Terra, they were among the first Space Marine chapters to be infused with the Marines from the Primaris Project, ensuring their continued existence. The Minotaurs were also the first chapter to be deployed as part of the Indominus Crusade against the Chaos Cultists that had risen from within Terra. Yeah, it's kind of neat there, this whole idea that um, they recognize their gene seed is too corrupted. I feel mm. like often, too often you hear about chapters like willing to put in this gene seed that might not be great. Mm. Like yeah. they accept that okay, there are these deficiencies, but you know yeah. we'll work around it. Or, or okay, if we're gonna die, let's go to the Eye of Terra and die. Right? Like yeah, yeah. We know <laughs> yeah. that we can't yeah. come back from this, so let's yeah. let's do our last duty. Exactly. You know? yeah. But instead, they kind of were like, no, no, no. <laughs> we know there's some good shit, over <laughs> and just like all that other shit we take, <laughs> we're gonna take it back. <laughs> we're gonna take this. But that's Daddy's house. We can't go there. And not only when they get there, isn't not just the good stuff. They find. <laughs> the best stuff because now they're primaris marines yeah exactly it's cool to know that they're one of the first chapters to get infused with Mm -hmm. these primaris marines now it's not entirely clear on whether that means they are um passing the rubicon or they are getting actual gray shields into their company but we assumed it was gray shields because it's they made a huge deal about ultramarines white scars yeah they were the first the rubicon yeah yeah so that's why we assume that it's more primaris marines and not like upgrading their old marines yeah yeah but just like everything with the minotaurs we can't really know for sure (laughs) (laughs) it's all hidden behind secrecy and lies um but all of this may have been a lie (laughs) <laughs> the very next line forget everything you just read <laughs> an elaborate ruse to explain the minotaur's hasty travel to terra what it was later revealed that the minotaurs were ordered to terra by the former high lord Irthu hemotalian <laughs> part of a seditious group called the hexarchy mm. Ooh, uh... It was a Hexarchy's goal to overthrow Lord Commander Gulliman's rule and place the High Lords back on top of the Imperium's chain of command. When the coup was eventually suppressed and all the leaders assassinated, the Minotaurs had clashed with the Adeptus Custodes and the Imperial Fists, though they eventually received and obeyed new orders from another High Lord of Terra, Violetta Roskavler. Roskavler. Yeah, so that's... uh. That's some heretical stuff right there. Yeah, they assaulted custodes and fists. <laughs> no, no, no. Terra. They were defending themselves. <laughs> <laughs> on well, let's so the judge territory. decide. How do <laughs> they get away with that? Like, don't they just so, get fucked up? Now, this is now the second time we've heard right. them being ordered by the High Lords of Terra to do something. So Specifically this is... when it comes to engaging with other Imperial forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now this is the other big thing that, you know, we don't know much about. Like, there, there's lots of references to them getting 
like messages from the High Lords of Terror being their lapdogs, all having this kind secret of- orders, right? The the speed that they answer these like summons because oh. a lot of Space Marine chapters they yeah, like, like their autonomy yeah, and they're like we'll take your request into consideration, exactly. yeah. we'll yeah. get around, we'll to consider it. Yeah. what you want us to do. Where it feels like the Minotaurs are like. The High Lords point and the Minotaurs yeah. go. Yeah. Well, and if it's maybe not like all the time, it's like if they do point, then we go. So right, it's not like yeah. they're always every campaign is. But they can be corrupted or persuaded, uh, which speaks to like, you know, potentially corruption and persuasion on like a terror. You know um, what I mean? Like what, who's really no. on the we'll, No, Terra can their... never be corrupted. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get more into their beliefs. We sh- we'll yeah. carry on and it'll kind of open up why right. all. But keep in mind, like, every time. I'm still learning about this chapter. Like, this chapter's pretty new to me, to be fair. But, um, like, I don't, I don't understand how they would get away with that. Like, that, it would, that would make them a I, traitor, right? I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I think that there are weird interactions with them and other space marines. Like, they... I specifically point to the Inceptors and the Doom Warriors. They go and they... Like, these Inceptors and Doom Warriors are not traitors. They're not heretics at all. They're just embroiled in a stupid honor fight with each other. Sure. Which... It was taking, like, an exceedingly long time, and the High Lords didn't like it, so they're like, hey, Minotaurs, go fix this. And the Minotaurs are like, great, (laughs) let me destroy a fucking Loyalist chapter in my, like, goal to do this. And that seems crazy. Like, they were allowed to just destroy an entire chapter, and there's not really any consequences. That's surprising. Other than the Ultramarines are like, hey. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like, oh my god, everyone's kind of shitty, that's about it. (laughs) To be declared ex- uh, excommunicate traitoratus which is like you know rebelling right. uh there's only two people who can actually declare a chapter that the high lords of terra or an inquisitor so if you're working for the high lords of terra right. they're Almost not gonna, anything you do yeah be they, like because they're the only people and an inquisitor but high lords of terra outrule the inquisitor so sure. that's that's why they're allowed to be able to do all this kind of stuff because really there's not that many people that have authority over yeah. space marines yeah yeah and the only people that seems shady but it totally oh it's shady yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> that's the point yeah yeah <laughs> Cool. Yeah, yeah. How you heard of political that. corruption? Yeah. <laughs> it's how it's supposed to be. Okay, okay, like, okay. It's supposed to make you be like, what? That what? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I'm engaged yeah. now. I'm engaged. All right. Yeah. So, well, there's one well, more we, line. We should oh. also mention the whole hexarchy. A group of high lords <laughs> trying to overthrow a primarch is uh, also a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's well, crazy too. But former high lords—they're <laughs> all dead now. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a pretty funny story how it happens. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, death, murder, and stuff. You guys don't think that's funny? Um, there's viscera. There was a like a, a leader of the Assassinorum who was a member of the Hexarchy, and um, actually he wasn't a real member. He was kind of just like a double agent in the Hexarchy. <laughs> and all he was doing was trying to find out who the leaders in the Hexarchy were and yeah. then positioning all his agents around them. And then as soon as he was ready, he just flicked his kill switch. <laughs> all of them died. And it was... <laughs> That's nice. That yeah. is funny, Eric. Uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> have a convenient kill switch. Yeah. Oh, what a life. Um. Anyways, the Minotaur's location, the Minotaur's current location is unknown, possibly the Orphean War. But they're still known to be an active chapter. Mm-hmm. Still going about, so, still doing stuff. After this whole shady confrontation, they just kind of like quietly, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't make much sense. <coughs> do, 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 Instead do, of going do, to jail do, to pay for their crimes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's like a, a space station somewhere that is built specifically to house Astartes? Mm-hmm. A space marine prison? Yeah. I have a custom chapter idea on that. I'll tell you. Like prison. Like, there are like the Dark Angels in the Rock. 
Hmm. Yeah, could you imagine a TV but, like imagine like Oz or some shit like that? But it was Space Marines. And I think jail. yeah, like, I would watch the shit out Marines, of Marines. Marines <laughs> typically t- take care of their own their yeah. own, right? Yeah, like yeah. if a, if you're an Ultramarine and you dishonor yourself, one of two things is going to happen. You're either so dishonored you betrayed the chapter and you die as a traitor. Or you go on your own penitent crusade and stuff, but that's like in, death watch, yeah, yeah, internal. I guess, I guess yeah. there's like a, a bunch of yeah. options. No, for there's it, no like but... outside party that keeps other marines in check. Yeah, that makes sense. There should be. It makes more sense <laughs> that instead of <laughs> people, they wouldn't imprison yeah. someone, they go send them in a suicide journey or something yeah. like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and like there, there's also like personal honor. Like the marine wouldn't want to live with that stain on their honor, so they would take it upon themselves to redeem mm. their honor. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's a little bit different. Space room prisons. Way to cover that. Jeez, Thanks. you just saved the fuck out of that. <laughs> I don't even think... It, you kind of have to know so what you're smart. talking about when you start a podcast about a topic. Wow. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> a little late somebody told me that. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to do our podcast on nuclear physics next. <laughs> I'm in. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> All right, let's talk about their gene seed. So, uh... They were founded a couple different times. The most likely one, whatever. We'll talk about the 21st first, the 21st cursed founding. Uh, and it was the second largest founding of Astartes. It took place slightly after the age of apostasy in uh, 999-M35. The focus of the founding was perfecting and removing deficiencies in flawed gene seed. But things did not go according to plan. The founding was cursed, and the majority of the chapters created during this suffered from appalling bad luck, or even worse, some chapters developed genetic mutations. Yeah, you got dun, the dun, dun. flame falcons in there. Yeah, who literally combusted the yeah, and black... They were, they were declared uh, heretics just because they spontaneously lit on fire. <laughs> we didn't put this one on our fault. Yeah. <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> yeah, you got like black dragons with like yep. their bone spurs. Um, yeah, growing, having these growths come out of their body. Yeah. There's that one where their bones are as strong as metal. Sons of Antaeus. Mm, Do the yeah. Minotaurs get horns? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I mean, thus they're called the Minotaurs. Why else do they be called the Minotaurs? Um, no idea. Why are ultramarines <laughs> no, called because, ultramarine? Is it because their armor is ultramarine? Like, uh, like an unstoppable force. Like they're like a bull. You don't stop a bull. Oh, okay. So it's about like, the character well, of it. I've never met a Spaniard. Visual aesthetic. I've never met a Spaniard stoppable. I just see him get trampled. <laughs> player dance around it. It's a really shitty game to play, yeah. to be fair. It's like you're going to beat a bull, not you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know you got to beat off the bull if you want it to calm down? Like, <laughs> why don't you practice simple. on trains first? And then, like, it's about the same. <laughs> um, so for the Minotaurs, this genetic alteration may have come in the form of chimeric gene seed. And while this might have helped them avoid the mutations in other chapters, they quickly achieved a reputation for being uncontrollable berserkers. It's possible this fury and rage was a side effect of the gene seed. Some may claiming that the Minotaurs were infected with cursed blood. Others claim it might be, you know, world eaters' genes. You know, you hear oh, all okay. types of crazy stuff out yeah. there from where their gene seed is and how this rage happens. But huh. yeah, and no one. We know they're points. unreasonably angry. No one unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, wrong side of the bed, like yeah. every day. Like, like, come on, man. Yeah, get on the other. Get off the other side of the bed. Just roll over the other way. It's not too much. You have to be this shitty all yeah. the time. Yeah. Just make simple decisions. You're stupid. <laughs> Responsibility to the friends around you. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I mentioned they have chimeric gene seed. Um, so what does having chimeric gene seed mean for the minotaurs? Well, we actually don't know. We don't know if, uh, who their gene seed comes from, wh- what organs are lacking, which ones are working. We have nothing outside the fact that they use chimeric gene seed and whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. It can really mean a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And 
you guys will be excited for the Tales of the Warp, but we're going to dive deep into all the possibilities. Are they world eaters? Get out of here. Yes. No, they're very obviously blood angels. <laughs> yeah, God. If you think they're anything hey, other save it for the Tales of the Warp. children. <laughs> You're a fool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of their gene seed. As far as we know, they have well, we know they have primaris gene seed, which means they have all the working organs. You know, they're they're good right. to go for another ten thousand years type yeah. thing. There's some really cool implications of the fact that they were given these primaris gray shields. Yeah, um, we're going to talk a lot about the differences between like the M36 and the M32 and the M41 Marines because yeah. there are personality differences. Yeah, and they might not even all be the same. Exactly. Character. Yeah. So we are going to go much deeper into it. But Gene Seed for us kind of ended at oh, Chimeric. Cool. Okay. <laughs> which chapters? Yeah. Oh, we don't know. Chimeric. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and could it just be more than two? It could be like ten. Yeah. One of every chapter. Who knows? For one of every chapter. <laughs> Multiple, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, the next section is their chapter beliefs. So the Minotaur's motives are often hidden, and they seem to bear little respect for anyone or anything, save the Emperor and the High Lords of Terra. They tend to show no love or civility or deference when dealing with Imperial commanders and even other Astartes chapters. <sighs> Yeah. Some Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Some Imperial commanders who have served with the Minotaur have gone on record hinting that the chapter is on the very edge of heresy. They've gone on to describe the defenses and security precautions taken by the chapter, even when dealing with supposed allies, as paranoia. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like that must stem a lot from the fact that they've engaged so many of their own forces that they're like hey wait if we do it to someone what's stopping them from doing it to us yeah i think their paranoia might be uh, a little just somebody could just come in here and kill us do you remember that time we just destroyed the inceptors chapter Shit, what if they do that to us? <laughs> I think you're wrong, man. I think, I don't know, you, you've had like a super introverted friend that you hang out with, they don't say much, so you don't really show whether they like you or not. So you kind of just project your own expectation. You, you assume that they don't like you, they're not really getting along. Yeah. These guys are just insecure introverts. That's all ah, it is. You know, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. bloodthirsty maniacs. <laughs> you just gotta take the time to understand them. Then they'll open up. It just takes time. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks. are you are you making coffee dates with uh, <laughs> you some know, Minotaurs of Stardews? I can bring them on for an Mr. episode. Mullen. We can break them open, find out like what makes them tick. Um, Dylan's you know. a certified psych, uh, Astartes psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> From the Adeptus Astartes psychoanalysis department, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yes, yes. You're in good hands. <laughs> Uh, but the truth is, given the number of enemies both within and without the Imperium, is it really that surprising? Yeah. And the answer is... No. no. Uh, and yet, other Imperial commanders have gone on record as finding the Space Marines of the Minotaur's chapter to be brooding and malign warriors far from the epitome of honor and righteousness that we would expect to find. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's examples of them necessarily doing, like, uh, um, like, they do honor duels and stuff, but, like, they're deadly, I think. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more, but... For sure. They're no, not no, no. that honorable. No, no, no. Yeah. So I yeah. say, is that, is that honor and death or is that inhonorable? I don't know. It, you could to go either way, right? It's yeah. like, you know, you challenge another, like, yeah. good warrior. You have a slap fight. And you're like, okay, no one gets hurt. You know, I win. Yeah. yeah. But in their oh. case, they're like, no, I'm breaking your neck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm punching you in the balls. I'm ending I'm, this with death. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if we have a thumb war and then I take a knife out and stab you. Right, exactly. Neck, That's like, not... Is that honorable? No. I don't know. It <laughs> you won the thumb war. I did win the thumb war. You did stab somebody. 
I'm Somebody still winning. It's, it's three forward, two back. You know, damn, it's hard to get ahead with these bitches questioning your every move. Yeah. Um. So the Minotaurs believe in themselves as the ultimate weapons of the Emperor and enjoy proving their mettle against worthy foes. Unfortunately, this commonly means Astartes. Uh, yes. this, this kind of testing appears again and again in their history. Anytime a loyalist chapter sets out of line or turns traitor or sneezes wrong or forgets to leave their parking brake on, oh, no. the Minotaurs are amongst the first chapters to appear, bring the Emperor's wrath, Steal their shit, <laughs> leave a little peace sign calling card, and then do so. It's grumpy bullies. Like, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> uh, Someone pat them on the head, or give them a back rub, or like, yeah. fucking give them a little Do you long, guys, guys just need a hug? Right? <laughs> Uh, a large amount of focus is given to individual strengths and skills, uh, for you never know when the brother beside you is going to become your next enemy. Paranoia. <laughs> oh my god, that's built into this shit. That's rough. Uh, the chapter's individuals hold about them an aura of barely restrained spite and malice that breeds fear and apprehension in all but the strongest hearts. There is little pity or remorse amongst the chapter, as their primary concern is the task at hand, which is usually the utter and complete destruction of their foes. And they do that very well. Yeah. Very These guys are miserable. With, with the weight of a thousand marines <laughs> yeah. crashing upon your beach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these guys are so depressing. <laughs> I mean, they're cool because they'll fuck shit up, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to hang out with them. No, no, you don't want to hang out with any Astartes. I don't think so. Well, mainly because you're not an Astartes. (laughs) So you're. Jealousy. You're little more than like a rat to them. (laughs) So. Oh, you get demasculated enough, like, to hang out with us. You don't need to hang out with us. This is more or less the equivalent already. So uh, we'll leave it at this. We don't really want to break it. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) What? You mean I'm not as cool as a super genetically engineered eight-foot soldier? <laughs> Power armor and a bolt gun? Oh. <laughs> You're close. Mark has a lot of limits here. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to take a quick 15-second, I don't know, one minute, I don't know. Yeah. Um, How do you do You should check out these guys yeah. from Alien Theorists Theorizing. Listen to them, and we will be right back. Quick break. Ever wonder if we're alone in the universe? Do you find yourself staring into the night sky, theorizing about the existence of aliens? Once you start asking the question, are we alone? Do you start to question, well, everything else? Who? What? Where? Why? Aliens. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast where your neighborhood armchair alien theorists theorize. Why would we want to leave Earth? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? (laughs) We're talking about space exploration, UFOs, extraterrestrials, cryptozoology, supernatural, and conspiracy theories. He's not an owl! It ends right there! He's never been an owl! So join us, the alien theorists, as we wade through the BS and get inspired by the possibilities. With open minds and open beers. New episodes every Friday. Listen to Alien Theorist Theorizing free on Spotify. And yeah. we're back. 
Okay, I guess we're back. Christian has said we are back. We are back. <laughs> Live on the air. If you guys like aliens and you like people theorizing about aliens, yeah. you should go check them out. They're really cool guys. Yeah, we've talked to them a couple times. They're cool. Yeah. Okay. They are very neat. Um, they go and if, find the 40K. That is out there. That's that, right. Is yeah. that their role and responsibility? 40K is real uh, if you're looking in the right places <laughs> and if you, you, know, you, if you wake up, you mm-hmm. sheep. And you start <laughs> looking into the places where you're not supposed to look. Yep. You're going to find places. Yep. It's, the truth is out there. <laughs> the and podcast you, is factual. You are going to find it. <laughs> and one day you will recognize me as your king. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Okay. Took a weird twist all of a sudden. Master, master uh, of the okay. universe. Uh, probably went a great crusade. That's right. All that can be yours if you listen to them. Whatever Eric was talking about there. Who knows? Uh, let's get back into it. Minotaur's combat doctrine. Yes. What do Dylan's like? going to take this one. Oh my gosh. All right. We got combat doctrine. Here we go. The beast, the bronze beast in the darkness. Footsteps. It never tired. It just kept coming. We didn't stand a chance. Wherever we turned, we could not escape. Never escape. And that was a quote from a mining colony survivor. Um, I'm going to call him Ted. Funnily <laughs> enough... Uh, he escaped. He did <laughs> escape. To give us this quote. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. wouldn't have this quote. Hey, guys, listen to my out. last words. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, Mark's reading this to me. He's like, we'll never escape. We could not escape. And I'm, my brain is just, like, trying to process this. And I'm like, wait. So he escaped? Yeah, we, didn't get this, we didn't extract this from the Minotaurs telling us about his yeah, last yeah. words. You know what I mean? Said it time and time again, GW writes shitty lore. Yeah. <laughs> the minute I was like, yo, you hear that little bitch that thought he was going to escape? <laughs> the whole chapter. I wrote it. <laughs> a thousand reasons. I wrote that what they wrote. Yo, I wrote that shit down. It was so funny. Here, let me share it. Uh, All right. The Minotaurs have made a reputation for themselves. After the 21st founding of a highly autonomous, almost berserker force. Um, Some even said that the Minotaurs oftentimes turned away from any form of combat that did not allow them to rapidly deploy into the enemy (laughs) line. So it's yeah, go like, hard or go hard. Like holding a fortress, they're like, nah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's not for us. They're going to do it properly, they're going to do it properly, yeah. right? They don't want to fuck around. They All do right. a reverse Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not sieging us. We're sieging you. <laughs> Trade places. <laughs> this is better. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Okay. Uh, they would hurl themselves at the enemy without heed of lust or cost. Their fury spent. The Minotaurs would then withdraw as suddenly as they had arrived. However, this form of warfare was too unpredictable and unreliable a force to be counted on by any Imperial forces. Yeah, fair enough. It's just so rude and considerate. It's like, yeah. if you don't do combat, can you do it at least like within the lines that we're used to? Yeah. Like, can we use you somehow? They're just so sporadic. Yeah. Well, my arm's starting to cramp up, boys. Want to go home like mid-battle? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> There's that too massive, too like, ship. work whistle. Like, <laughs> they all just immediately go, oh, it's a long day. They just turn around. Like, rush off, like, the dead people hanging yeah, yeah. off them. Yeah. Oh, all, their, all their forces are, like, weapon raised, guns still firing. Like, what? <laughs> no, 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 we're leaving. We're out of here. Okay. We confront them about it, and they're just grumpy and secure. And they're like, oh, yeah. I just want to be here anymore. It's like, all right, dude, fucking go back to bed. Uh, However, the Minotaurs that re-emerged into Imperial history in M41 were quite different in regards to how they prosecuted prosecuted a campaign. The chapter now shows a preference in deploying a vanguard to pin its enemies in combat, then uses fast units to encircle the foes so that there is no escape. 
Finally, the chapter is able to bring in the full weight of the chapter's firepower and heavy armor to crush any further resistance. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, they seem a lot more... Like, even that little bit is, like, a more focused effort than ever described. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? like Okay, so we're, so we're going to run in. But yeah, this time, yeah. you guys went on the left, you guys went on the right. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> and even at that point, when, when, you know, the chapter master is sharing that in his war council, yeah. like, 80% of them are, are instantly raising their hands and being like... Yeah, but are we all running in? Are, <laughs> are we all just doing it? Or? Yes, we are, but we're doing it slightly different. <laughs> okay, another question. Yeah. Yes, brother. <laughs> Alarak. Yeah. Uh, so do I just run in? <laughs> and and do we all just run in together? <laughs> what's that? And, what's that new executioner unit? Somebody get that new primaris executioner. Get that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, brother Alaric. What? Yeah, are we all running in to kill him? <laughs> As like, to, like is he running with us? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's charging who in this scenario? Have we, we just... considered sprinting? <laughs> I think I, sprinting could be more. I would effective. like to address Brother Delanus's <laughs> comments when it comes to sprinting. When, um, when I, does it begin? That's right. Yes, are we sprinting from space <laughs> downwards? And then changing once we reach the planet <laughs> to sprinting forward. <laughs> Horizontal to vertical sprint. That's Perfect. right, yes. <laughs> no, just, would, just sprinting like, right now, just in case. I would like to maxima maximize sprinting. <laughs> you do. You, yes. you do get yeah. to do that. Well, it's surprising because this is the first bit of oh, strategy yeah. we've heard from these guys. Yeah. yeah. Before this, it's just meant to be a rabble, but you, these guys are like, hey, we've got some tactics. It, it's really cool that they break up their time frames and they will tell you yeah. that they act differently. You okay, Mark? <laughs> This is funny. <laughs> Marcus died. I got a little tear in my eye. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's neat how they break up the different time frames of Minotaurs, and they describe them pretty differently, right. Yeah, which is really neat, and we'll get into it later. I got some thoughts. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're not good ones, but I got some thoughts. <laughs> if they're using tactics, do you think they like each other a little bit? <gasps> Nani? Mm, maybe they're becoming friends. <laughs> oh. If they're listening to each other and following instructions, <laughs> you're going to have some level of compliance. Um, here, let's find out. Uh, the chapter now also seems more uh, content to operate within command structures of the Imperial War Machine, giving up some autonomy. Little bitches. I thought you were cool. I thought you were hardcore, but no, you're all compliant. Oh, you used to be punk, but now you're <laughs> stupid. That's right. Maybe they'll get a smile on their face. Fucking finally. Um, the Minnesota's way of way of war is fast, efficient, and brutal. While no longer the berserkers of the past. Oh, interesting. Um, they are still merciless and relentless. Okay, so they've they've changed, they've evolved. Yes. Um, preferring to operate in full chapter strength when possible, a key tactic used to engage in attrition warfare in a confined area, willing to suffer any loss as long as they achieve victory, even combating monstrous enemies with their sheer numbers if need be. So they get the job done. Yeah, they're a horde army. That's why I like these guys. They're basically, they're just orcs in power armor. You know, that's uh, a that's not a bad comparison. Yeah, I think. yeah, because yeah. they kind of barely pay instructions, but just enough to like get the job done. <laughs> right, yeah. um, you know, they're just the only difference is like orcs will laugh maniacally. These guys are grumpy emos. So, <laughs> um, the Minotaurs are a brutal chapter. Once in their sights, uh, once their sights are set. There is almost no escape. Yeah, because the keyword is almost, because if you happen to be a miner, Ted from that mining colony. The guy's in the tunnel, he just turns off his mining hat. I've heard that if you don't move, they can't see you. 
There's just a minotaur stomping right yeah. next. Like a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. All right. Let's get into the organization, if there is any. <laughs> the minotaurs are codex compliant, both to the structural and squad level patterns appearing to have no particularly distinctive organizational facets on the surface, and are only really a few notably unusual factors. They seem to prefer to operate in chapter strength whenever possible and no, do not appear to engage in small-scale campaigns. I actually really like that. Yeah. It's a very, like, hmm. it's really normal. I, I think a lot of people mistake uh, chapters and assume that people do this all the time. Sure. And I think that that's not the reality at all. Like you're going to see five, 10 Marines at once. Yeah. You know, unless you're talking of course of like, Hey, the chapter master is, or is, but even you know, on those big campaigns you have like, okay, well maybe they're up to a company strength, right? Yes. They're yeah. not typically fighting chapter, whole chapter in a whole conflict. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's, that's just a huge display of force. Yeah. Right? An entire chapter. Like that's, that's insane. <laughs> that's a lot. So I think it's really neat when you have these individual ones that are like, yeah, we fight all of us and we just crush anything mm. that resists us. Yes. And yeah, we're going to lose 800 guys potentially, but you will be dead yeah. and yeah. you'll just, and we'll, and we'll yeah. walk away. And it's we'll very walk all away. or nothing. Yeah. I, I wonder what is the reasoning behind that? You know, like why, why <laughs> would they not spray up into smaller things? Like obviously it's stronger if they go together, but that can't be always necessary. I think it has to do a lot with, well, who knows, but right, like yeah. they're always fighting Astartes chapters and you need to be full. You, okay. you, you gotta be on your best. Yeah, you can't be halfsies when you're yeah. fighting other So Astartes. when they want to fight, they just want to do it right. So yeah. they need everyone in the in the chapter to come along. Yeah, yeah. I guess. All right, maybe there's a deeper reason. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, the other thing is that... Or did you have something else? Uh, who knows? It might go back to like their cursed founding gene seed and oh. that, you know, that they can't maybe they not need fight each other together. for a reason. Maybe, they maybe they're just salt hive consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Some shit. I don't we can know. get weird yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, you could, we get weird. Knows? What's the chimera gene seed? It could be fucking anything, right? <laughs> it could yeah. be tyranid gene seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add that to the Discord. <laughs> Where's my inquisitor button? <laughs> Someone get this man out of here. <laughs> the, uh, the minotaurs are supremely well equipped and supplied and are able to replace losses of both material and personnel with little difficulty. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a very interesting thing. Yeah, and that gives them a crazy edge, when, again, when fighting other Astartes. Like if chapters, you know, a space arena is a huge resource investment, right? It takes years to grow them. You have yeah. to find the right recruits. You lose so many people just getting them from non-Marine to Marine status. So years of time, the body's involved with that. And to be able to replace losses very quickly is like... Yeah. A huge advantage. Yeah, because it's it it still takes time. Like they still have to wait ten years for a space marine type yeah. Yeah. thing. So yeah, and then on top of that too, their equipment. Um, like the Imperium is not well known for its supply lines, right? Like yeah, space marine not like, for its good supply. <laughs> yeah, <lines. laughs> yeah. So like chapters are often like made to make do with what they have, and that's where they preserve armor and like for yeah. generations and thousands of years. Yeah. And like they're also very autonomous. You know, they are in charge of their own armories. And, yes, yeah. exactly. Or they have specific deals with forge worlds in their vicinity. You know, yeah. they're not being provided materials from the high lords of terra yeah. yeah they're doing it themselves yeah which means obviously that comes with its own problems but yes. these guys seem to always have what they need when they need it mm -hmm. no problems with supply an excess of what they yeah. need yeah oh. and like the best stuff yeah. your chapter has one revered plasma gun our whole chapter has plasma guns yeah exactly <laughs> if we want 
maybe we have other things. You know? <laughs> maybe soon we'll have your review. <laughs> That's a nice shame. It'd be a shame if someone took it, <laughs> appropriated it for the emperor, liberated it, liberated it for the emperor. Um, all, all the toys and guns in the world, when all they really want is just to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> That's the classic rich kids, right? They bully other yeah. people. They have all the nice stuff, but really they don't have but true friends. But the one friends. thing they don't <laughs> have. <laughs> <laughs> That's, why Damn it. That's why they're the Zuckers. so bad. There, we found it. <laughs> we found <laughs> Landed that play. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. A unique formation within the Minotaurs is the Hecaton, a cadre of contemptor pattern dreadnoughts. The Hecaton is an ancient Terrant word meaning enslaved monster and are permanently based on the flagship Daedalus Crata to act as its guardians. The Hecaton aren't permanently assigned to the ship and will often join their brothers in the field of battle. Mm-hmm. That's just like they're staging. They stay there. When they're not in battle, they stay on the ship to yeah, protect yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the Contempt of Patent Dreadnoughts, are they just bigger dreadnoughts? Yeah, I'll pull up a picture. So those show. are uh, Heresy-era dreadnoughts? Oh, okay. Heresy. Yeah. The, the Contemptor is pretty sweet. It looks a lot more <laughs> humanoid-shaped. Oh, it's quite different, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, right. The yeah, intro- okay. It yeah. is. It is much more humanoid. It's less uh, that kind of bulky, bloaty, thick boy. Yeah, it's less of a dreadnought. box on legs. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's almost like a halfway between a dreadnought and like a, a battle suit. Or right. Like yeah. Obviously not as mobile, but it looks very cool. Yeah, can right. I be? Can I be a nerd here for like two seconds? No. Yeah. You're at the wrong place. <laughs> Either talk about beer or tits. Those two. Those two, those two <laughs> the uh, so they use the term hecaton that means quote unquote enslaved monster, mm-hmm. but hecaton is actually. A Greek word that means a hundred. So I don't know if it's supposed to be a you know how forty k is pseudo Latin. Uh, this is like pseudo Greek, mm. or why didn't you I, think there's a hundred hecaton? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't know. The hecaton was a, a was a monster in Greek mythology too. Oh, okay, and was the father of the hecantaries who had like a hundred hands, which is where the it's a hundred. It's all about a hundred. Are there a hundred dreadnoughts? Is what I'm asking. There, yes. I assume so. The, there might be. The yeah, unique formation within the Minotaurs um, is the Hecaton. So let's assume it's probably like we, groups of a hundred. Yeah. We have like five main like named character Hecatons. Char- Hecaton dreadnoughts. Yeah. Like that's quite a bit for dreadnoughts. Right. Yeah. So who knows how many there are? And we there is also something else special that the chapter does with these dreadnoughts. Not they do, but how they treat them. And we'll get into it later because yeah. it ties into my weird brain thing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the Hecaton are cool. The fact that they're all contemptor dreadnoughts is very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's just another thing. Like they weren't around during the the Great Crusade and stuff. How do they have all this sweet old tech? High tech war. So gear. much yeah. of it too. And we yeah. haven't even begun to talk about how crazy their flagship is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> among some other Holy yeah. moly. It's only gonna get weirder as we go <laughs> on. So the chapter is ruled by Chapter Master Asterian Moloch. Satrap of the Daedalus Crata, Bringer of Wrath, the Brazen Warlord, Spear of Judgment, Bloody-Handed and Paranoid, he is a dark legend whose name is a byword for destruction and slaughter in the Emperor's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's the guy who runs it. He's a pretty cool guy, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you get to know him. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Once you can get past, you know, the paranoia yeah. and the murder yeah. and the screaming and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, and you get to focus in on his pottery obsession. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a nice <laughs> guy then. Yeah. 
Brilliant poet. <laughs> Great cod player. So recruitment. The Minotaur's numbers are estimated to almost always be around full strength. They do not seem to have any difficulty in recruiting initiates and appear to have an indoctrination and conversion process that is remarkably swift. And heavy-handed. And, yeah. Uh, being a fleet-based chapter opens up a variety of worlds and recruits with different traditions, customs, uh, but once taken into the chapter, all that is washed away and becomes irrelevant. It helps, I think, that they're a, a fleet-based chapter. The ability to draw from pretty much wherever their fleet is sure. is and, really going to help their like quick personnel turnaround. Sure. They don't yeah. have to come back and, like... Okay, we took all the recruits from this generation. We'll have to wait, you know, 15, 20, 30 years and come back Well, again. the recruitment process is super easy. They just put you, their hand on your shoulder and they go, were you hurt as a child? <laughs> come to the Minotaur. Do you want to now hurt other people? <laughs> yeah. We understand your pain and know how to direct it. <laughs> and that's it. That, and then you signed up. Boom, you get power on, you get the bulk gun, everything. Gene Seed fucking injected. Some weird rage overtakes you. <laughs> you're like, Astartes? I hate Astartes. <laughs> <laughs> the 21st millennium. Maybe they hate people. others because they hate themselves. Oh, <laughs> no. That's why they just need a friend. <laughs> what a sad chapter. Oh. I want to open up Dylan's therapy clinic first. Big <laughs> <laughs> D's therapy. Like, <laughs> All it is is he just, he, it's just hug therapy for a half hour. Dylan's like, we're just going to hug. We're going to shut up and dance for a solid 45 <laughs> right. minutes. Um, it's cool. So their fleet based chapter, they have a huge fleet. Like uh, they took like half of the L- Lamenters fleet. They took uh, like the, the Inceptors. Yeah, they, and they've done it a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> normally, Space Marine fleets don't have that many ships, maybe like under 10 for sure of like strike cruises yeah. and battle barge. Maybe three battle barges if you're lucky and like five strike cruises. Yeah, three battle barges a lot because even yeah. some of the big ones only have two. So. If, if you could think of a Space Marine chapter to rival them fleet wise, who would it be? Eric, I know where you're going to go with There's this. There's two. Eric has any excuse to talk about his pet project. There's, <laughs> I can think of two off the top of my head. I, I got the one. Black Templar for sure. I don't know what other one you're thinking. Grey Knights. Mm, if ever there okay, was a chapter sure. that was as equally um, funded. funded and armed and supplied, I would say Grey Knights. Sure. And Grey Knights have to be way more spread out, so they have yeah. way more strike crews. Yeah, because I'll need exactly. a little ship to them. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I only concede to this, Eric, because it just so happens that Eric's two favorite chapters are <laughs> Templars and Grey Knights. What? <laughs> I would never <laughs> find any way to shoehorn them in into any chapter. <laughs> Look at my wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Look at my famous podcast. Oh, Eldar, that's like Grey Knights. <laughs> if any race is psychic and <laughs> strong enough. I, I think oh. I might make it my mission now <laughs> to, to somehow t- mention either Black Templar or Grey Knights in any episode we do in the future. should come dressed as one of those <laughs> for the next episode. <laughs> Imperial observers during the Antigonus campaign noted that the transition from neophyte to scout to full marine in the chapter was remarkably fast and also highlighted the heavy use of hypno-indoctrination and neurocerebral surgery involved, Whoa. as well as the monitoring and refreshing of these techniques in full marines by the apothecaries of the chapter. Holy fuck, that's some shit. Yeah, like they go above and beyond with the hypno-indoctrination and surgeries even. Right. Yeah. 
That's um, some real, like, let's put our fingers in your brain kind of stuff. Like, that's, yeah. That's crazy. I think a, a lot of people also don't understand, like, the level of manipulation that's happening on a lot of Marines. Hmm. Like, I'm assuming these guys are getting absolutely mind-wiped. Yeah. And everything yeah. in their brain is being replaced with, like, you are a Minotaur. Yeah. You listen mm. to the chapter. You fight Astartes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't have friends. <laughs> You're <Interesting>. paranoid. <laughs> Effective, but... But your daddy is rich, but he doesn't love you. <laughs> Tries to buy your love. This is not <laughs> that how makes you, you angry. <laughs> Sticking your hand in my brain is not how you cure depression. Okay? Like, Speak uh, for yourself. It's kind of suspicious. Like it makes sense. Obviously, it's effective. Uh, yeah. But it's like, what are they really doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What What are they erasing? Mm-hmm. What are they adding in there that we don't know about? Yeah. You know. Whose fingers are actually manipulating these guys? What's yeah. the difference between the, the before and after, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, these methods have led to rumors that the chapter master, their chapter master, as possibly other members as well, are engrammically enforced personalities and memories. So it's like a repeating person, essentially. Yeah, the, the idea is that they are like building personalities yeah. through implanting memories in your brain. Yeah, that might not even be your memories. Yeah. And then they do it to the next chapter master and the next one. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like uh, Exarchs, right? Like how they adopt yeah. the personality of the last one, but instead they're like artificially forcing another person's personality it, traits. It's like onto the you. pure yeah. blood, like the pure tide chip. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. where they insert it into your brain, and you're kind of overtaken by this other personality. So we yeah. don't know to the extent of whether that's happening here. Yeah, yeah. we do know they are manipulating. They're doing something. Yeah. yeah, find a way to relate that to grenades, though. <laughs> well, well what else is it nights. like? Yeah. No, I already, I already, I only have to okay. do it once. Okay, fine, fine. I don't want to be too heavy-handed <laughs> with my insertion. <laughs> you know. I've heard it's the slow knife in the back that cuts the deepest. <laughs> so, huh. okay, okay. Just a little Batman line for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Batman. Thanks, Batman. You're Eric. welcome. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I think it's Marcus's turn. Or no, it's just it. It's my turn. All right, let's talk about the uh, appearance. How does the Minotaur chapter appear as they're killing you? Cloved feet. Furry legs, <laughs> horns. big bullhorns, big bullhorns. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, all, pretty self-explanatory. Tan, really bronzy, muscular chest oh, so and torso. Tan. Looks easy to cuddle, but don't you do it? Don't you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what they want. Uh, that's not till the third date. <laughs> There are some extremely strong visual themes that run through the Minotaurs, uh, primarily the blend of Greek and Spartan markings, colors, and accessories. Um, This has no real, like, in-universe explanation, obviously, with those um, societies and civilizations being long dead and forgotten. And it's not like they recruit from a planet that is stuck in that era or whatever. Exactly, yeah. It's just just the reference that we get outside looking in. Yeah. Right. But but keep that in the back of your mind. Yes. So from chiseled torso chests, they have abdominal muscles oh. all over their armor. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Abdominal muscles all over. So not just in That's the right. abdominal <laughs> area. Yeah. You can see them on their arms, Very in nice. their legs. I have nice. abs. <laughs> I have 106 abs. <laughs> yeah. They just remove all the muscles on your body and replace them with, with abdominal abs. muscles. Check out my calf abs. <laughs> <laughs> You have my toes of abs. <laughs> you should go toes each, with a little six yeah, pack. Each finger <laughs> has a six pack. 
<laughs> six packs on your knuckles. Um, so they have the uh, Tarugus, 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 Tarugus. Uh, leather strips that fasten to armor, hanging over vulnerable points. Uh, Corinthian-style T-visor helmets, helmet hair plumes, deep-flowing red capes that hang from the shoulders of their heroes. All types of Greek goodness. It's yeah. bronzed armor. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's very cool, very thematic yeah. and cinematic. Yeah, when you when you see them holding storm shields, they're usually like round circle with the heraldic heel. shields. Yeah, like yeah. with yeah. They they've got that little cutout on the shield so yep. they can you know poke the spear through <laughs> a little precision poking. <laughs> it's cool. It's yeah. three hundred but forty k. Yeah, like it's, essentially. It's, it, there's buttons. It's, there's a lot of similar parallels, which is really yeah. cool. You know, that's an it's an awesome idea for a chapter. Yeah, the power armor worn by the Battle Brothers of this chapter typically bears iconography denoting rank and battlefield record, um, but many of these symbols have meanings hidden from outsiders to the chapter. Mm. So they uh, have like a lot of iconography and heraldry on it that really is impossible to decipher if you aren't I don't know. A it looks member. like Greek to me. <laughs> it all looks just, like Greek to me. This is straight Greek yeah. <laughs> like, there's no illusion. Can we get a Greek on the podcast yeah. to <laughs> translate this? Bring it to the Greek. But it's like, okay, they don't know how to read Greek, so for them it's fine. Yeah. It's alien, right? If, if you're watching the video feed like here's a good example like this this symbol here do we know what it means it's just a greek symbol maybe they know what it means in their chapter it has yes well it's gonna have a different meaning yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and like some of these kind of extra things but it's a five upside down it's a greek language um (laughs) the chapter badge is a red bull's head with black horns on a bronze background Mm -hmm. and their color scheme is that of bronze power armor the right pauldron bears the chapter's icon, and the left pauldron displays the squad tactical specialty emblem, you know, battle line, close combat, fire support, veteran, command, mm-hmm. and their war gear casing is painted red. So, similarly to a lot of the Codex-compliant chapters, you could look at a Marine and understand their rank and position within the army itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, they are a Codex-complying chapter. Like, they... Yeah, they don't exceed the thousand limit. They yep. keep their squads pretty um, broken what? down into tactical squads. Broken yeah, down exactly. All that. They keep like devastator companies, yep. you know, and assault companies. They've got the veteran first like. company. I don't know, but we do know that that process is really short. Yeah, right? so maybe they don't even deploy scouts like for mm. long. Maybe yeah, there's not enough time. They're just yeah. constantly moving up to full marines. Yeah, and it's, if they're well funded, they have. Yeah, here's a suit of power mm-hmm. armor. Go. Yeah, I suppose, eh? The administrators do not generally display squad number or company indicators on their battle plate. So that's one of the few things that you might have trouble with. Because that kind of fits into, like, the all or nothing kind of vibe. It's like, hey, we are one chapter. We fight as one chapter. Let's not show that kind of, uh, that insignia, you know? That's kind of, yeah. I like that thought. If you date one, you have to date all of them. That's right, We're a package deal. It's an all-inclusive family, okay? Uh, members of the elite veteran first company wear a variant of the chapter badge, a bronze bull's head on a dark red background. So it's kind of a little inverted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the miniatures chapter original badge was a blue bull's head on a yellow background, while their power armor was yellow with red stripes and decorations. Now, mm-hmm. that would be the M32 Marines, we think. Probably, yeah. Um, with most likely the M36 ones having changed to this bronze armor. Unfortunately, uh, we have no proof of when that actually changed. Yeah. But we assume it's from M32 to M36. M36 is kind of like their 
like true yeah. most accepted origin. Yeah. Whereas the M thirty two one, there's a lot of weird shit that surrounds it, so. <laughs> and it's so far back in the past. Like yeah. yeah, with so little records between. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of what they look like. Here's an official piece of artwork from them. Tiny, from, tiny. They're very like. Uh, Did you draw that? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's red and yellow tiger stripes all over the place. It's it's outlandish. It's very, very different. Very yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that um those that stripe like pattern on a chapter before. That's quite cool. Yeah, it's crazy. You've never met the Imperial Zebras? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> zebras don't exist and they haven't for forty thousand years. <laughs> That's Minotaurs, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, so you're saying they like accidentally mixed up the history of zebras and bulls. <laughs> <laughs> this is what zebras look like, so this is how we will paint our You know those memes, it's like um thirteenth uh, or twelfth century painter someone describing a cat to them and them trying to <laughs> right. someone's describing a zebra to them and this they ended up with a minotaur yeah. <laughs> like how do they know what real chicken tastes like you know what I mean? they like, don't yeah. how, how many times is it being replicated over the time to get to the 41st you know? i mean do we know what real chicken tastes like <laughs> i've bitten into a live chicken before i am sure i know what it tastes like just to be safe you weird australian the things you have to do down there to survive Here, mcdonald's is a a little bit of a different process <laughs> it's an build your own burger <laughs> it's way more interactive yeah, yeah. it's an experience yeah. <laughs> so that uh covers a lot of the chapter itself we are going to talk about more but we're going to take a quick break and talk about some of the more notable members of the chapter itself yeah yeah who, who wants to so we've all picked one um, and we're going to share it with the rest of the group. Who would like to go first? Well, I will not because I just spoke. Okay. I spent like several hours of energy and effort putting the research to come up with all these interesting facts about my character. <laughs> okay. So I think it's only right that I go first. Would that okay. be okay with you? You are a lying sack of shit, Dylan. <laughs> but you may go first. All right. Uh, how do I pronounce my dude's name? Uh, <laughs> Hamath Kratos. Kratos. I've played God of War. It's basically God of War, right? That's I'm right. I'm about to read the plot of yeah, God of exactly. War. Chained <laughs> weapons. <laughs> you know. Gods. Uh, the Vigilator Sergeant. Um, Sergeant, can I read? The Vigilator Sergeant of the Ninth Company. Kratos's rise through the ranks is noted as being alarmingly quick. Ooh, he's an up-and-comer. Um, his murderous temperament is only tolerated because of the proficiency he shows with his ballistic weapons, or as well as his skills as a ruthless and calculating leader. Uh, one, one of his most well-known engagements was during the Orphirian War, where he defended a fueling station at Atedum by using the human workers and servitors as bait to draw out the enemy Eldar forces. Well, that's rough. Amazingly, the casualty rate was a low 6 of 10 civilian deaths. <laughs> Jeez. And that was probably friendly fire. <laughs> he's, and they, they all survived. He's like, this doesn't feel right. Six of them. He's like, no, we'll call it a low number. <laughs> yeah. It's more believable. Wow. Um, there's so many of you coming back that I thought would. We're doing something wrong, surely. <laughs> Get angrier, guys. Uh, Kratos is known for carrying a signum. Allowing for greater communications between him and his sub subordinates. It's What's just a, like a, a communications device. Oh, okay. Like a, um, a more elaborate. A, yeah, it's a targeting system too. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, it's a, lots of extra sensors, lots of extra yeah. feeds. Right. Yeah. Just so allows... it's just 40k speak for just a giant spotlight on his back. That's great. <laughs> yeah. and a, Shoot and at a really, that. A really tall <laughs> antenna. <laughs> <laughs> 
he wields a yeah. heavy bolter and carries specialty ammunition, specifically the assassin bolt. Uh, this hypersonic round replaces the propellant with short burn magma fusion charges and the mass reactive warhead with a solid slugs. Uh, and what that does is it makes them extremely like uh, like fast, extreme speed, and density. They are both highly destructive and extremely accurate. Make enemy so they're more for penetrating, which makes sense if you fight Astartes. You yeah. want penetration power. Mm. Through the armor, yeah. yeah. Funny like that they slug. call it assassin bolts. <laughs> Something like this. It's going to sound Another... like... <laughs> <laughs> that's approximately what those rounds sound like in real life. Approximately, yes. Not very quiet. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Kratos. He seems like a pretty cool dude. I like that uh, I always like seeing a heavy weapon sergeant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's second in command of the ninth company. Yeah. 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 He's an up-and-comer. That seems pretty hardcore. I like whenever, too, they kind of break the tradition. Like, you... Again, you guys are always like, oh, berserkers, berserkers, berserkers. But like, hey, you can be a berserker with a gun too. Yeah. Just like yeah, unload not. mags of course. into yeah. everything. Guns are really effective at point blank range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You this are gun is sick. Especially <laughs> when you're shooting slugs. <laughs> I'm going to blow away half your body. He's going to stick the gun in your body before pulling the trigger. That's your the your bolt gun is not a melee weapon. <laughs> I have to repeat that. Then, then how come I've killed so many people with it? <laughs> Huh? Explain that, Chaplin. <laughs> he takes it out of your hand and rotates it the right way. It's not a club. <laughs> this whole time, you've been throwing ah. your mags at the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought these were boomerangs. He's like, Killing them. <laughs> yeah, Kratos That's is hardcore. Nice. nice. Um, up next, I'm gonna do Arrokiss, the guardian of the deadless Krata. Arrokiss is a contemptor pattern dreadnought hecaton of the Minotaurs who served in service with the chapter for several centuries before earning honors for himself, uh, serving at the forefront of dozens of major campaigns. So here's some cool campaigns he's been involved in. Leading a boarding assault against the Lamenter strike cruiser Media Suspricia during the Battle of... I love it when you read. I always love it when He inserts letters. Man, it's wherever. like you just you just gotta get it out. I like when we say a 40k name, we just look yeah. at each other like, <laughs> like fucking nerd. That's yeah. Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I, we get emails, and it's like, like yeah. I don't know how to read well, but also like there are different dialects. Like I have a Canadian accent, yeah. so some of my words are Canadian yeah. sounding. So I don't pronounce them wrong. I just pronounce them Canadian. <laughs> so don't email me about that. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? <laughs> don't hate me for being Canadian. Yeah. You're also I'm dropping the head several times as a child. <laughs> and help. as an adult, too. Let's yeah. not forget those <laughs> incidents. Self-inflicted injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Trees, yo. Yeah. Yo, it's... yo, reading's so easy. What if I just smack myself? <laughs> the right, that's better. Uh, but I love this boarding action. Like, just the picture of them boarding with a dreadnought other ships it's just yeah. so cool the, those hallways are not <laughs> built to accommodate a dreadnought but he doesn't care <laughs> he don't care no. uh so he he loves boarding assaults he led another boarding assault against the necrons in the orphirian Orf war orphirian yeah uh but most infamously Erikos rampaged through the Allied lines during the Bifrost uprising after he mistakenly fired upon a detachment of Bifrost house carls upon under the command of Brother Sergeant Augustine of the Viper Legion chapter. Ah. Enraged, Aerokiss killed 37 housecarls and Augustus himself, ripping apart a Lehman Rust battle tank that tried to stop him. His assault was only halted after he received an emergency countermount signal from the Minotaur chapter master in orbit. This uh, rampage earned Aerokiss the title, The Terror of Bifrost. 
It's funny that, and it had to come from the chapter master. Yeah. Not even some other like lower level high command. It's like chapter master himself had to tell him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I mean he's a member of the Hecaton. Yeah. Right? He's probably only answers to the chapter master. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. I mean um, he's like the guardian of the chapter master's flagship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, while not busy ruining the days of the Emperor, Aerokiss <laughs> will be found on the flagship, the Daedalus Karata, walking around the halls of the ship, keeping watch. Um, it is noted by some outsiders that the Minotaurs actually, like, treat him poorly. They treat their dreadnoughts poorly and stuff. Um, whatever they ha- they that... have a very poor outlook of the dreadnoughts in their chapter. Yeah, like, what that I'm... means, are they pushing over the dreadnoughts and laughing <laughs> in the halls? Right. Yeah, it's, it's like hard to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, hard... what with dreadnoughts? <laughs> <laughs> They got they got eight marines in power armor. <laughs> so you know how like old school Spartans would like push trees and like tip them over. That's what these guys are doing. They they get all their dreadnoughts that are sleeping and they're like, oh okay, go 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 go. And they all just rush and push them all over and yeah. laugh. This is this vision of a field of dreadnoughts in the back like turtles upside down, really yeah. kicking in the yeah. air, not being able to go anywhere. Their weapons are discharged. <laughs> Brother, brother, <laughs> I can't get up. <laughs> Just these fat, incompetent machines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's most likely how they're mistreated. <laughs> yeah, most effective. And it's also notable that it's the opposite of how other chapters treat their Yes, no, most yeah. dreadnoughts are treated with respect, reverence, veneration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erica's preferred weapons are a plasma cannon and a power fist, but his dreadnought class or dreadnought chassis can host all manner of weaponry. Each one is wielded with equal skill. An automatic shield, automatic, 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 automatic. Shield generator is mounted on the shoulder for added protection while in the thick of it. Uh, it's pretty much just like a power shield, yeah, refractor yeah. shield, some yeah. type of energy shield. Uh, his dreadnought is adorned with fetishes and trophies earned through his service. Um, he's very cool. He's got a model. Um, go look at it. It's, it's a great miniature. Um, or look at the Patreon, and eventually I'll find it. <laughs> Boom! Look at that mini. So, um. Just a, a slight, That's not, not correction, but his name is not Aerokiss. It's Iacos <laughs> um, or Aikos. Yeah, Icos? yeah Icos? That... I'm not Greek. I don't speak that. I language. do like the great like twit tinge in the names there. That's it's thematic. It's cool. I do. I yeah, it's nice. I like that. <laughs> you know, I, like, I, like I know. That. I do. I think it's, it's very thematic. It's different from like Latin, which you get so much in 40k, right? Yes. Like, fucking that sound, that feel. Yeah, it's refreshing. <laughs> this is cool. Um. Cool, Mark. That's Thank you for boy. sharing. You're welcome for me sharing. <laughs> that was cool. The Hecaton. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone next? Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. All right. And so my character is none other, none other than Ivanis Enkomi, the not just a chaplain, the reclusiarch of the Minotaur's chapter. Um, he is known as, quote, the voice of the chapter. You got to be pretty badass to be the voice of the most badass chapter. <laughs> well, that's us. <laughs> Strong he... thought. The most badass chapter. <laughs> they wow. won the badass wars. They, they own that. <laughs> the badass wars. They were the winners yeah, of the exactly. badass wars. <laughs> that was for the title of badassery. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to just go bomb a planet every three months. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty badass. <laughs> um. Anyways, he's notable actually for being quite quiet and reserved, which is interesting for a chaplain who is known to always be like fiery and very tall. Yeah, reclusiarchs normally they're responsible for like the entire well-being of the chapter and making sure that all the brothers are okay and you know everyone's acting good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so How's that's your kind heresy of heresy levels, brother. <laughs> Low today, reclusiarch. Good. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but he does. He is known for his like fiery and passionate speeches, just like any other chaplain. But he's like quiet until it's time to speak, which kind of adds that level of gravitas and stuff. So, like when he does yeah. speak, it's powerful. The less you speak, it means that the words you do speak are offered that much more weight. Yeah, I wonder too how much of like him not speaking is just chapter whole. Like they all don't really necessarily. Yeah, so he's just it's and... the same as everyone else. Yeah, so yeah. Just like why talk if you don't need it? To? Is that why talk when or... Gun does? talking for you <laughs> guns speak very loud <laughs> word quiet <laughs> yeah uh, um, more bullets than words <laughs> he's also known like the rest of the chapter to be aloof from the chain of command of other imperial forces um during the badab war like you said there were so many chapters you had like really big command councils because you had all these moving pieces you have like you know, Imperial Guard generals, you have all the leaders of other chapters coming to form these war councils, come up on plans and stuff, and he's just quietly just sitting and observing, but not really, like, contributing or, like, caring what they're talking about, because, like, we're just going to do what we're going to do. Um, cool. I watched Hell's Reach last week, and there's a scene of Grimaldi sitting on the throne, and it's like, for seven days I endured <laughs> this, just sitting yeah, on the he's throne. He's listening like... <laughs> to reports and, like, data feeds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just the way he says it, it's just like, fuck. He's just like, give me a battle, man. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's very cool. Yeah. It's like, yeah, not, seven not all days. the Marines <laughs> are like logisticians. Yeah. They care about the minutia. Mm -hmm. Some do, but it sounds like this Encomi guy, he doesn't give a shit. No. Yeah. Um, an interesting feature of him is that he actually has red rimmed eyes. And he cries a lot? No. <laughs> He's high? No. He's hectic stuff. Like the, the eye, like his eye color. Yeah. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Are red rimmed. He's albino. Contacts? Well, he could be albino. Surgery. Well, okay. Cataracts. Needs to see a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Mix gene seed. Oh. <laughs> mm. oh. oh. Yeah. We got some gene seed. We don't, we don't know the cause. They even say it could be from his upbringing as a... Uh, a feral worlder. Yeah, mm. some clear eyes, that shit goes yeah. away. Like, it's super easy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just irritated because his eyes are always burning. <laughs> With the fire of his passion. <laughs> um, and he also has red tattoos. I like to think of him as having the Kratos tattoos from God of War. Just the lines mm. everywhere. Just like around his head but we don't really know there's no pictures of him without his helmet his helmet interestingly there really aren't any pictures of him naked although clamshell get on that <laughs> need some artwork yeah um his helmet is really cool too it's got like the hoplite style helmet but you can see the skull visage underneath and he's got a cool good man he is top. a chaplain after all yeah um, he is also notable for actually appearing at these war councils. Again, the Minotaurs are generally standoffish and wherever Asterian Moloch is actually expected to be, it's actually, um, Ivanis who shows up in his stead, hmm. which is both an FU to all the other chapter masters who's like, where's your chapter master? He's like, why does he need to be here? Yeah. <laughs> um, he's off brooding. <laughs> he's brooding. No, actually he's off on the battlefield uh -huh. where he is most effective. <laughs> 
He doesn't need to plan. He needs to be in the thick of it. Mm. Yeah. They, we already went through the plan. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was sprint. We set, yeah, we settled on sprint. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're all on the same space. Page. <laughs> yeah. A space sprint. Yeah. Um, like any other chaplain, he's always known to be on the front lines himself. And uh, to the point that he actually broke his crozius, presumably on the heads of his enemies. <laughs> or their bodies. Or their body. Yeah. He was probably just beating an already dead thing That's right. so hard that he broke his own crozius. <laughs> and with that, the surface of the planet broke. cracked. <laughs> cracked. <laughs> he was responsible for <laughs> um, Smash. <laughs> yeah, and so when he rebuilt his crozius, they put a cool spinal column in it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very long. Yeah, it's, it's more like a like a two-handed staff. Yeah, right. Presumably the spinal column of the guy who broke his corsair. <laughs> you broke that, I'm taking your spine. <laughs> Tit for tat. Yeah. Could you imagine that's so funny? Just like rips out his spine. <laughs> this will do. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. That would be a cool weapon, actually, though. Like a flail spine, if it was like uh... articulated. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe he's just holding it taut. Yeah. In the model, but like when he actually lets it go, it like flops around. <laughs> it's like a a little croziest whip. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yes, wish there was please. more information on his weapon because that's all we know about it. We don't know. It is literally a spinal column, but we don't know of what <laughs> or who. Um. And Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It looks a little too large to be human. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Unless it was another Astartes, a spinal column. Even together. that, it looks a little too large to be. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six vertebrae. Very nice. <laughs> we know that that rules out seven oh, species yeah. on the <laughs> We have five vertebrae. <laughs> okay. Eric, take it away. Do you have anything yeah, else was there anything guy? else? No, uh, that's about it. There's surprisingly not that much about him. He's like the second most popular, other than the chapter master, well-known mm -hmm. Minotaur. But like all Minotaurs, we don't know a lot about him. Yeah. He he does have the model. Yeah. Go, go Google it. Forge World model. It's very sweet. Very cool. Like, I have that model. I love his helmet. It looks like Do you really? Yeah, I bought them when I was doing my Death Watch. I bought those two for like So you Minotaur have the bits. spinal Crozius? You know, it's in the bits box or uh, somewhere. Who oh, knows where? I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen that. Mm. Yeah. It's a cool piece. Yeah. He also like, uses a power fist. But that yeah. is only just from observation. Just so he can hold it's never mentioned yeah. anywhere. Yeah, the better to hold his yeah. crow's ears. <laughs> That's why he's fucking breaking the thing. <laughs> he broke his own crow's ears. Yeah. He made kid gloves. Oh, what are you just doing? like snaps in his hand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> better go collect another spine. Yeah. Looks like he could turn upside down and just like use it as a broom or something. It's like, <laughs> just a multifunction. Um, just one other quick thing that's interesting oh, to yeah. note during the Bidab War too, even though they were generally distanced from the um, the chain of command and everything, they still kind of acted uh, with more reverence towards a certain Inquisitor that was there, which could be a tie back to who's really giving them sure, orders. Sure, yeah. They have weird relationships with other powers within the Imperium. Yeah. 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 But usually tied to the High Lords. Mm -hmm. It's usually where that goes, but... Yeah, and other than that, that is Ivanis Incomy. Cool. Well, the the peanut butter to Ivanis's jelly, <laughs> the salt to his pepper, mm -hmm. the mark to his Eric, mark to Ivanis's Eric. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I actually like that. <laughs> you can be Asterian Moloch. Okay, perfect. And I will be Ivanis. And Comey. Okay, I'm I'm a fiery orator. You guys want to hear a speech? I am I am a pastor now, which I will be telling you guys about more later. By the way, I'm really excited We're getting to hear. There. What's the title of this church called? 
practice belief system like the going title right now is the cult of mark but we'll okay. get to it later all right. All right. it's a bit aggressive i'm, <laughs> I'm already in it's a going okay. title right, it's not right. settled it's a working okay. title yeah working title <laughs> so i am going to talk about asterian moloch Ooh, who yes. is the current chapter master of the minotaurs so asterian has been described many different ways diligent disciplined uh, a strategist a logistician, master of siegecraft, Ooh. paranoid, <laughs> oh. bloody-handed, <laughs> murderer. <laughs> uh, his uh. name, as we have previously mentioned, is a byword for slaughter and destruction, specifically carried out in the emperor's name. Mm, it's quite the title. It's a lot of uh, you think people like uh, curse his name, like, not curse, curse his by his name. Yeah, like mulk upon you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Like they're trying to like bring death and destruction. Yeah. Or when you're like being particularly paranoid, they're like, why are you being such a Moloch today? <laughs> and then he beats the shit out of you. Right, of course. Saying that yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're paranoid and he's uh. probably going to steal you and sell all your organs. <laughs> Happened to a friend of mine. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. So Asterian Moloch is at least 500 years old. Oh, wow. And he has been in danger of death seven recorded times. <laughs> Uh, what? His body. Has Someone been... get this guy the Primaris Rubicon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough times to be honest for a chapter master. Come on, man. Uh, his body has been rebuilt with cybernetic augments, and his brain has been engrammatically altered, affecting his memories and potentially his personality. What does that word mean, engrammatically? An, an engram, I believe, last I looked, is the manipulation of someone's memories. Oh, okay. So it's specifying, sp- specifying to memory. Yeah. Gotcha. Or their brains. You yeah. know how when, like, I the... I, I'm not, a, like, a doctor. No. So. When the C- CIA takes you and, like, puts you in a secret lab and they right. brainwash you and, like, implant... Give you lots of... Acid memories. and put you in float tubs yeah. and stuff. Try to make you, to you access the... I'm not saying it happened to me. This is possible. Well, you wouldn't remember, would you? No. I, no. You look like the type. Like, I, I wouldn't be the guy to do it to other people either. You look I don't work for the CIA is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you have the kind of face... That's exactly someone... what a CIA agent would say. Yeah. You're a very abductable person. <laughs> you got that kind of face going on. <laughs> you got the kind of face that just makes me want to put you in a sack and put you in a throwaway yeah. hole. Like, <laughs> aliens, FBI, throwaway hole. <laughs> A little oogly. Oh Let's my see what happens. To be experimented on and probed, yeah. of course. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll angrimatically alter you Christian. so you will have no memory. Eric releases the bag over the hole. <laughs> Mark was sad he never saw his friend again. <laughs> but that's what he wanted from Christian this whole time. <laughs> that's nice. Okay, tell us more about <laughs> Moloch. <laughs> Uh, Moloch is often found in one of two places, either on his brazen throne, watching over a multitude of data feeds, counting the blood cost of his conquest, which is really neat. He, like, really is the logistician and strategist that he says he is. Or, alternative take, he's not at all, and going through all this drives him to such a fiery rage when he does go on the battlefield no planning matters because yeah, he's yeah. so worked out he cannot be stopped he just uses it to recharge yeah. his rage juice yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a self-imposed punishment oh, exactly. like, some people use the pain glove some people. I use computers <laughs> so yeah uh, so he's either found on his throne watching these data feeds in the middle of his ship or he's at the head of his Terminators, slamming into enemy lines. Cool. It's really one or the other. <laughs> yeah, he wears, like, this huge, sweet Tartarus armor we'll get into, but... Yeah, sweet. Terminators uh, are sweet. Yeah. 
the Minotaur's history, uh, we've talked about this before, but it's riddled with the persecution of traitors, iconoclasts, and renegades, especially from within the ranks of the Adeptus Astartes. They've earned a knowledge of how to effectively dismantle and destroy other Astartes' forces, and Asterian Moloch seems to personally revel in his role as executioner. Hmm. He looks for chances to apply this knowledge, and he seems to actively place his chapter in conflicts with other Astartes. <laughs> they, they seek it out, really. Yeah. Um, whether that's at the command of the High Lords of Terra, or they're kind of just given like a loose leash to go wherever they want. Who yeah. knows? But Moloch definitely, like, he looks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his armor is an extremely ornate suit of Tartarus pattern Terminator armor. His weapon is the Black Spear, supposedly once wielded by the Adeptus Custodes. It also can fire a powerful single-shot laser. He carries a storm shield marked with archaic Terran helic glyphs of unknown meaning. It's a round shield we've mentioned before with these small cutouts where he would presumably place his spear. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. And stab. And stab. <laughs> yeah. Do the, the stabby stab, yeah. There are rumors that he couldn't possibly have survived all his close brushes with death, and that the Asterian Moloch is a title that has been passed down. Uh, and I think the theory has lent a little strength through the use of their engrams, mm. their memory manipulation, yeah. their extensive hypno-indoctrination. Yeah. So. For, for all we know, like, Asterian Moloch doesn't even know he's not Asterian Moloch. Right, the yeah. Original. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just think you are because you've been given all the history and memories and personality of and your like, predecessor. Shit, I was wounded that time? Yeah. That was bad. I'm glad I survived. <laughs> right, but yeah, you, you did it. You actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> everything becomes real fucky real quick. Yeah. Like, that now everything's subjective based on how we've manipulated your perception. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Maybe he's insane through all of this. Right. And that's why he constantly focuses on these, you know, marine chapters and constantly pitting his own chapter against them. Like, yeah. what's the who's pulling the strings behind him with his weird High Lords of Terra? But whatever we do know, he's a savage. Yeah. It's he's a, sweet. He's an he's absolute a, savage. He's also a big boy, right? He's described as being particularly tall for an Astartes. I'm, I didn't cool. see that anywhere, but. I've maybe. heard that before, too. And, like, I don't know especially if that with his, like, all his cybernetics and stuff, that mm. really, like, helped, but. Yeah, and, like, does that come from his armor that he's particularly imposing? Or is that him as a person? He just happens to be a big boy. Well, huh? it fits. Like, he's the chapter master of a bizarre trap. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it's it very would, fitting. I could see that, yes. Yeah, definitely, of right? Yeah. Uh, one quick interesting note, too. Uh, just from Ivanis and Kamai's um, page on on him, because obviously being the voice of the chapter, they have a close relationship. While yeah, Ivanis, I told you, it's the salt to my pepper. Yeah, um. exactly. Um, no one, they didn't really have proof that uh, Moloch was actually at the Badab War, only because of pick feeds of him on the battlefield. Because oh, really? he never showed up to any of the command yeah, like yeah. stuff, so they're like the only reason they know Moloch is here is because he like they captured him in the front line, <laughs> killing people. Killing he's, having, people. he's taking yeah. selfies while he's murdering people. It's like, <laughs> his photos. He took them himself. <laughs> it's a funny side note. I have uh, some theories on him. I don't know if we want to discuss well, it theories, now or discuss it later. You can. Why don't you just share the story that you were talking about earlier? Okay, so my personal theory comes from uh, a recent encounter. So during the uh, Hex... Hexarchy. Is, the Hexarchy, when the High Lords were trying to overthrow Gulliman, uh, and the uh, Minotaurs were called back to Terra, um, and they're fighting Custodes, who are no slouches, obviously, in combat. Yep. 
Um, Saren Moloch is about to have a duel with none other than um, Shield Captain. I forget his name. Valerius. That I think. sounds right. Yeah. Um, who is a custodial shield captain? So not only is he just a run of the mill custodies, he is good at what he does. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and when uh, Asterian shows up and they're gonna face off, you know, um, Valerian or Valerius holds like his uh, guardian spear towards the chapter master and orders him not to come closer. And the chapter master continues to just like march towards him. Like, they're going to show down. They're going to have a fight. And Valerius even questions whether or not he has the skill to kill Moloch in combat. Like, he's making a custodian's doubt his own abilities, which is a pretty significant feat. Just that that, that, uh, presence he has, like, that strength. And reputation. Yeah. And, like, strength of him. His history. formidable opponent. Valerius is, like, scanning him for any kind of weakness. Because custodians are, like, smart fighters, right? They look for, like... Does he have a weird gait? Does it? What weaknesses can I exploit in gotcha. him? And he can't find anything. <laughs> and like he has this internal dialogue where like he's like going through his head of like the people he thinks might be able to kill Moloch, which includes like Primarch levels, including Gulliman. He's like, yeah, Gulliman could do it. So and so could do it. He's like, I don't think I can do it, or many, if anyone else could. Yeah. And so that's the assessment of like one of the best class of fighters ever. In the Imperium, yeah, do they yeah. fight? No, <laughs> the the duel ends. Uh, they the I believe the Minotaurs receive a they receive uh, that the order from uh, Victorus. Yeah, what's her name? Like a a loyalist high lord. Yeah, because they had received their previous order from like a one of the high lords that was involved in the hexarchy. So technically, they were on the wrong side of this coup. But yeah. it was kind of an unknown thing. They were being ordered. Like, they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're they just following orders. Exactly. They didn't know, like, that the full That excuse story. never ends well in history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Moloch won without even having to fight. What was her name? <laughs> yeah. But, like, right before they come uh, to blows. So Violetta Ros- Roscavler. Mm. She was yeah. the one who, like, gave them their new orders and stopped. Yeah. And that literally happens, like, the minute they're yeah. about to, like, engage. Like, and, like, the... Valerius is like stop, and he just keeps marching forward. Oh, so, so it's like, cool. yeah. yeah, that's so. Can we get that tidbit of like just his assessment in the moment of like, wait a second, I might have to do a job. I can't, and so we, we get that <laughs> honesty, we get that honesty from it, which, which is, is sweet, yeah. which is weird from custodies. Because yeah, they're supposed to be this, you know, yeah. like they are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and confident effort. in their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they know their abilities, but they're constantly a... fighting each other to like hone them and keep them sharp. So then that raises a question, is he doubting himself or is he just making an honest assessment yes. of his own skills exactly. being like straight up I I know I can't beat this guy in a fight, right? And, and you could assume that like a custodian is smart enough to like understand the realism of the scenario that he's in, you know. They're like I feel like a custodian is not going to like try and push themselves to prove a point. They're more just going to be like, I'm going to win this and I'm going to use it. I'm going I'm to win using whatever it takes. Yeah. So it's interesting to ha- see him have those doubts. Yeah. They are. There's that element of humanity still in custodies that yeah. normally you would assume is stamped out and gone. Or alternatively, it's just like I said, like or not a lot. A, a lot of approach. humans are too arrogant. Yeah. And think like. You know that classic. Oh, you can you can won't break my will even if you break my body. You see it like yeah yeah. Whenever someone has a fight, like fighting movies, it all the time where you're a boxer and like you get it's knocked like, down twenty times. You're like, no, I'm gonna get up and keep going. Sure. You're Whereas this is will. yeah, where this is like just a j- direct computation, a like cold yeah, hard calculation of like yeah. I'm gonna lose this fight probably. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool that we got that assessment as opposed to him not assessing it like that. They're just fighting, potentially losing. But yeah. then we never get that validation of like, no, he is top shit. You know, I, yeah. I calculated this <laughs> and I did the math. Like, it's very yeah. cool. You know, it's sweet. Which leads to the theory, but I'll save the theory for later. Yeah, we'll yeah. save it. We'll save it. Um, so that was Valoris that said that? No, not Valoris. Valerius. Valerius. Yes. Uh, they made a black library model. A different model. custom. That's yeah. right. Oh, okay. But he still has a model. Yeah. Uh, he was one of that special black library pairing with him and a yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, that's a circuit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought I thought we were talking about the lead of the custom. <laughs> oh. Now. Like, holy fuck. But still, even any custom, it's still crazy. Yeah. I think it's Valerian, actually. Yeah, Valerian. Yeah. Wait, again, the shield captain of the custodies is still no slow. Oh, yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, any um, custodies, in my opinion, should not have trouble beating a space marine. The, yeah. My my big question while I was wondering that is, like, these guys both have tabletop rules. I wonder who would actually on, come out on, on the top. table. Yeah. Mm, I was looking at Moloch's yeah. um, through the Imperial Armory. I think one of the more recent iterations of him, but definitely not ninth. Hmm. Um, he didn't seem that. Like, he was big, beefy boy. Seven wounds back in the day. Seven wounds, yeah. He could last a while, but, like, his... Seven wounds, three-up save, in Two-up. Oh, two-up armor, three-up invun. Yep. Yeah. But... Yeah. Four, but strength only four, toughness four, the more classic marine. Yeah. Like, it's still Pretty on the fun. tabletop. He's, like, not as strong or as tough as a custody. Mm. Right? So... But we all know that isn't normally a direct yeah, tabletop one-to-one. But, yeah. Somebody needs to uh, play that battle out. Um, with models <laughs> fully painted on a 20 by 20 foot board. That's right, yeah. Thanks, and you need to go through a thousand fights so we can get an accurate <laughs> representation, representation, right? You gotta eliminate the randomness of dice. That's so, right, yeah. Uh, uh. They alternate who starts and stuff. So. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, fights they do with Primark profiles? Yeah, they, I, like, I did that. run them For, multiple times? Yeah, they did that on Warhammer Community and they were trying to figure out like who who's was the, the best. best. Yeah. yeah. Eh. I'm just I'm just saying it was cool. It was, it's it was cool that he tried. It was an honest, sure. like scientific approach versus like Lorgar made Mark it, is the best because I like him. Lorgar made it <laughs> way farther in that competition than I thought he would have. Hey well, Demon Lorgar. Who is, uh, who is was it Demon yeah. Lorgar? I don't yes. think Yes. I was there, Eric, I remember. I remember every dice roll. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was the sixteenth number to appear on the dice? <laughs> 26. 26. Oh, <laughs> you got good dice, dude. That's strong. Hey, put the All right. What's so those are, those are some characters. They're cool. They have a lot. Go go check out. They have a lot more of the Hecaton yeah. Dreadnoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump into the armory. Uh, so the Minotaurs are said to be one of the best equipped chapters in the whole Imperium. The exact source of the Minotaurs' war material has remained unconfirmed, but many have observed the unusual amount of resources assigned to them. Um, there's a couple reasons why this could be so large or large replenishable stockpiles of tanks and heavy armor. Or there's a couple examples of, of these yes, yeah. good, good equipments. So large replenishable stockpiles of tanks and heavy armor, including relic vehicles, such as the Spartan assault tank and the storm Eagle gunships, both two that are like horror heresy, great crusade level stuff. Like the Spartan assault tank was dropped relatively quick yeah. yet. They have access to it. Um, Extensive supplies of armor, including void-hardened Mark III iron uh, power armor, the newest Mark VIII errant power armor, and almost enough Terminator armor to equip the entire first company, including the rare Tartarus and Arconaut patterns. Um, Arconac. Arconac. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly rare for chapters to... Like, I don't even know if Ultramarines can do it. They can put their whole company first, in yeah. Terminators, yeah. Uh, I've never heard of that Arconaut pattern before. No imagers, nothing. Do you know? No, no. It's not real. 
doesn't exist. Or else made up. It sound it definitely sounds like Argonaut, mm. which is throws you right back into yeah. like Jason. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That old school Greek Roman history. Yeah. They also have a wide variety of arms and <laughs> weapons, including power armors of the finest quality and like incredibly rare, including the advanced Ryza pattern plasma weapons. Um, they just got it all. They got whatever they need. They got everything plus their own unique shit. Um, yeah. They are well equipped. Yeah. Uh, and the other really big thing that they have is the Daedalus Krata. So it's a relic ship classed as a heavy assault carrier. It serves as the mobile fortress monastery of the Minotaur's chapter and flagship of their chapter master, Asterion Moloch. It's, you know, it's in there that he has all his data feeds, kind of has his throne room. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's described as having maze-like corridors. Yeah. This, this is the flagship you are referring to earlier, right? Yes. The yeah. one you were very impressed by? Yeah. Yeah. So, and here's why. Because yeah. it's a massive vessel shadowing all other vessels in Terra's orbit, save the phalanx. Crazy. Its flanks are of burnished bronze marked with stripes of black and red. Its prow is painted red, resembling blood stains. How do we know they're not blood stains? <laughs> they're ramming their ship through. Yeah, they're like <laughs> void whales. <laughs> just going right through. That's very cool. Like, to put blood splatter on your fucking, like, on your flagship, it's kind of gangster. Seeing that thing in <laughs> orbit above your yeah, planet, yeah. like, oh no, death is coming. <laughs> oh, here we go. How much blood did you use? <laughs> That's crazy. The crazy thing is that size, man. The yeah. phalanx. Yeah, what's the phalanx? Can you remind me? That's the, the biggest. Uh, the phalanx is the largest. Yeah. Is that like the emperor was his flagship? Was? No, that was um, Rogel Dorns. Okay. And it was uh, used by the Imperial Fist. And it's only recently been extremely heavily damaged in, I think, the 13th Black Crusade. Yeah. Right. But still under But still operable. Yeah. Like, this, the Phalanx is massive, massive. And yeah. This thing rocks up to it and goes, yo, what's up? I can play too. So exactly. It's kind of sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the largest starship known to have been constructed by the human hands. The and Phalanx. The yeah. magnitude has been not seen since the age of technology. So yeah, this thing is old. It's ancient. It's yeah. Do we like have Dorn found it? I don't have a number. I, I think it's oh. pretty comparable to like the Blackstone fortresses. Mm, crazy. And it, like, mm, I don't know. In man. size, I think Blackstone fortresses are way bigger. I think yeah? like okay. Blackstone fortresses are like unimaginably large. Where this is like the biggest thing you've ever seen, but still you can conceptualize like, okay, it's like a Death Star, like bigger than a mm. planet situation. Right. It's described as like the size of a hive city in space. But then hive cities are also bigger than anything we can conceptualize right, yeah. right now. They can take hundreds and hundreds of kilometers long. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's described as many kilometers long. Yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of kilometers. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like a couple of New York cities. It could be like one New York City, it could be a couple of New York cities. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, 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 right. But it's yeah. huge. It's, it's the biggest thing humans have ever created. Crazy. And then this is like the second biggest, biggest thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely, the weird thing is it does say specifically in Terra's orbit. Mm. So there might be something else out there, but like, this was the yeah. first also, thing I've seen that's ever been compared to the failings. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Another thing to note about Terra and Orbit is that they actually have orbital plates on Terra. Like, massive floating... Oh, kind of like a shield. City-sized or continent-sized. Continent-sized. Yeah. So, yeah. Platforms? Or? Yeah. Right. Essentially platforms that, like, hover... Like, they're in low-Earth atmosphere. And they just kind of, like, go with, like, geosynchronous orbit. And they just kind of, like, float around. Yep. What's their function? I think they use them as anything from like weapons platforms, like land additional land space, but also shield generators. Yeah, like if you've populated the Earth so sure. much, like so you like build up on those. I'm sure they have their own cities. And... It's like a cool floating shell. It's like a continent yeah. in space. Yeah, yeah, oh, and okay. it just kind of floats yeah. around. That's kind of cool. 
Yeah. And one of them crashes, actually. By a custodies. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Daedalus Krata is equipped with a bombardment cannon, a teleportarium capable of transporting at least 31 Terminators and two Contemptor Pattern Dreadnoughts at once, and boarding torpedoes. A cannon, you say. <laughs> <laughs> the vessel sports gigantic cannon emplacements. This thing is no slouch. Um, at the center of the maze-like chambers is a brazen throne where Lord Moloch pours over data feeds and casualty reports surrounded by tabulation servitors. They're just using abacuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got power armor on, so he can't really operate it with his giant fingers. So he's just kind of full like, it. He's just so it, it's just a giant himself. abacus. <laughs> it's like his size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his massive echoes every time it moves. In his like more fiery moments when he's moving it really quickly, the entire ship shakes. Oh, <laughs> you can feel it rock he's back doing and some forth. real math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he changed the beads of the skull of his enemies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's dipped in metal. Yeah. It's memories every time he slides one of those across. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember. It's actually his old bodies. <laughs> but they tell him that they're the enemy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. These were all the Molochs before you know. Yeah, so that is kind of the Minotaur's chapter. Yeah. Yeah, they're a fleet-based chapter that goes around hunting Astartes. Pretty hardcore. At, at the behest of the High Lords of Terra. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we didn't this really we didn't really play into the High Lords of Terra because we kind of wanted to save it for this Tales mm. of the Warp section. <gasps> Tales of the Warp. I love Tales of the Warp. Tales yeah. of the Warp's my favorite segment on Warhammer. So <laughs> you know that popular podcast people listen to? Yeah, that's a really cool segment. They used to do it heaps, but uh it's gonna be really excited for this. Wasn't the podcast called that at one point or was that? Maybe. No. Uh, no, no, no. There's an earlier. That was definitely a name thrown around. Yes. Tales it was of the Warp. it before Lorehammer became before it No, it was guide. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I think you guys threw around Tales of the Warp. We settled on a beginner's guide to forty K <laughs> and then we almost immediately changed it to Lorehammer. <laughs> Lorehammer is so obvious too. It's like why I wasn't that just the yeah, first yeah. choice? <laughs> you hear it and you're like, oh, I'm the stupid. <laughs> Some things are so obvious you don't hear it. You don't think of them, right? You know. Well, so let's let's dive right in. There's going to be a couple things that we're going to cover and toss around. Mm-hmm. I'm um, already gonna up be... to my neck in mystery and suspense yeah. in that pool. I want to take I'm gonna the hold plug. your head underneath yes! until the bubbles yes! stop. Yes, please. <laughs> take it to the face. <laughs> Also, there's going to be some fighting. Drown me in your esoteric knowledge. (laughs) So, um, the first thing we're going to talk about is where did the Minotaurs really come from? We have three instances of them appearing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they're M32, where we know almost nothing about them. Uh, We have M36, where they kind of enter their berserker phase, and and there's the 21st Curse founding. And then we have M41, where they appear, and they are quite different from their N36 hmm. um, new colors. ancestors. Yeah. Well, we don't even know if it's the new colors, but it's more about how they comport themselves with other chapters. Right. So, We know that they evolve over time. So it's either they are growing with age and becoming different things, or they're getting replaced. Um, you know, it's the same person but changing, or it's not the same person. Um, so, I don't know. What are your theories? I-, I think one of the more acceptable theories is that the M32... Uh, minotaurs are have no relationship to the m36 ones i think that's the more that's what most people would take out of it yeah Yeah. well it's just you know if they're founded in m36 how can they be founded in m32 is kind of a big jump 
Yeah, I think there's... If you're already founded, you can't be founded. Yeah. You, I think there's... If it was the case that it is true, yeah. there's enough bullshit that happens in the Imperium that you could easily, <laughs> to, like... To yeah. You could do a refounding or what... Of course, yeah. Like, it can yeah, just yeah, be yeah. a clerical error, yeah, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> We say they were founded in M21 and we just like, shit, we lost this chapter's record. So we put it make in. a new one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just say they're part of this. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I like um, to think they were they went extinct and that's why like they changed. Yeah. And now they come back and they're like wearing someone else's face kind of thing. Like, no, I'm the same guy. Like, <laughs> I was, I've always been here. I've always been human. Yeah. It's like the face. All I do human and, like, things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like they were originally kind of founded like the first recording is them fighting other uh, space marine chapters. Right. Or traitor, chaos, fate, religion chapters. So they're, they're proficient in killing people in power armor, and like that, that theme never really changes. That's true. It gives. There's no strong evidence to say that they've been replaced. I, most likely, they've just been manipulated. Like they talk so much about like the way they're they're trained, the way they're indoctrinated, um, or the brain manipulation. I think the most likely outcome is they've just been maybe changed and manipulated over time, whether on their own initiative or someone else on, on the outside. Um, so. What what do what do you guys think? Do you think that the M thirty two all the way up is the same chapter? Let's get a yay or nay on that. I'm going nay. Mark's nay. going nay. Nay. Chris is nay. I'm say yay. Yay. I'm willing to say yay because I really wow. like <laughs> split the vote there. <laughs> I this side gang. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of way cooler things to talk about with the High Lords of Terra and the fact that this chapter seems to dip in and yeah. out of history mm-hmm. and they are constantly changing and it, it feels to me like they are almost an experimentation um, yeah. and like a chapter that is like we're using them as like our hand and yeah. you know we're seeing how they worked in M32 and then we take them back and we do we make some changes, sure. hide them for a little bit, reintroduce them you know we worked on their gene seed yeah, and maybe we yeah. re-release them in M thirty six, and then we realize, oh my god, <laughs> these, these guys are crazy. <laughs> it's, it's a reboot, not a sequel. Yeah, exactly. Reboot, yeah, they, yeah. they feel like reboots to me, exactly, for yeah, sure. Hmm. That's um, a good way to describe. Yeah, it. I like yeah. that actually. Yeah, yeah. You may have you may have changed up my vote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like the idea though, like the High Lords like took a chapter, it went extinct, so it was a perfect opportunity for like a backdoor to insert yeah. their own like, chapter. Sure. That's why I use that description, like someone wearing someone else's face. Right. Like, oh no, we're totally the same guys. Wink, you know, like not actually. But yeah, yeah. I do like your thing where they're, it plays into the whole like manipulation and like, okay, we got to work on them, tweak them and then send them back out. Yeah. But then what are they tweaking? Why do they require manipulation? So what I- is wrong with them to them to be necess- necessary for, for that kind of, uh, you know, to, for them to change to begin with? I don't know. Like, I think there is, why? there's enough talk about their personality um, changes from their M32, M36, M41 that you can see the similarities between M32 and M41. They are... But calling a space marine a berserker or like brutal, you can pretty much say that about all of them. So is it really that good of a comparison? I, I do think it is. I think that there's enough mentions of the fact that they have left behind this desire to only work alone yeah. and their refusal to accept anyone else's help. And they go back to the M41 where they are willing to work with people. They're willing to accept help and be a little more part of the bigger solution, yeah. which is exactly how they acted in M32. Their willingness to work mm. with other chapters right. and come to a common goal. Whereas the M36 seems so far removed. So you're, so you're basically saying, yeah. The High Lords took them at M32, did some stuff, released them. It was not good. 
it they, wasn't their perfect thing. Yeah, they're like, if we need loyal lapdogs, we still need them to work together with all our other yeah, tendrils, right. which is the Imperium. So they large. tried it out for a couple thousand yeah, like, years, uh, didn't quite like it. They called them, them back, back in. in. Yeah, yeah. then they allow someone to manipulate their gene seed in M36. Sure. They're like, we need a little more savageness in yeah. them. Um, we need them to be willing to, like, destroy their brothers, you know, with <laughs> impunity. <laughs> and so then they release these newer creations, these M36 ones, and yeah. they're like, oh, my God. This is, <laughs> what have we done? They destroyed an entire Inceptors yeah. chapter. All we needed was them to slap them around a little bit. <laughs> too much, too much. Yeah. And so I think you can kind of see that in uh, the changes in their personality um, between those three kind of examples that we have. Sure. But that's a, that's as good as I yeah. got in, sure. in this whole thing. Yeah, ultimately, I'm not opposed if it's all the same chapter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, but it is cool to think, what the hell? Yeah, I also like the idea yeah. that they're stealing the previous <laughs> chapter's identity. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. they're like the High Lords are like, well, we have a little bit of an empty slot here that we can <laughs> just insert ourselves. <laughs> like if the CIA was going to infiltrate a friend group and they right. abducted one of your friends and <laughs> killed them. <laughs> Yes. But implanted all their memories and personality into an agent and then yeah. reintroduced that agent back into the friend. There's group. no robots here. When we were 12, what was, the, what was our keyword? What was your safe You're word? You're not Christian at all. <laughs> Mission abort. Mission abort. <laughs> Christian comes back. He's just an Asian guy. Like, no, all the photos like kids and his kids and wife are just replaced with that same Asian guy. It's like, wait, it was me all along. Eventually, we just accepted oh, it. Like, ah, oh, close You look enough. a little like, Did you get a haircut? You, <laughs> you look a little different. You've been going to the gym? <laughs> we're so indifferent to Christian. We just allow it. Like, I don't know that. It's all the same. So why... Why do we think that the Minotaurs are so closely tied to the High Lords of Terra? Can I can't think of any other examples of chapters that seem to have this relationship with the High Lords so closely, you know? Yeah. It's very suspicious. The, the High Lords, I think, need a tool, right? Yeah. Like, everyone else, like, the Grey Knights don't answer to the High Lords. Right. The, Even though a member of the Grey Knights is on the, on the High, High Lords. Lords. Yeah. yeah. The Custodies don't answer to the High Lords. Even though they are also a part yeah. of it. Space Marines, in general, like we said before, are very independent and independently minded. Very autonomous. Yeah, so the High Lords are like, we need a tool, we need a chapter of our own. Yeah. And this is it. I'm and, just like, there's a mercenaries, you know, like, yeah. they're kind of just getting recruited. And, like, especially when you consider, like, the High Lords, they, one of their jobs is declaring excommunicatus. They're yeah. one of the few people that can do it. So, of course, if they declare that, they need a way to then deal with that yeah, problem. Yeah, like we're going to have to send 10,000 Imperial Guard regiments to take out a rogue chapter. And or organize we could just all this. And like, no, yeah, yeah. yeah it, you call a crusade to deal with this yeah, or you yeah. just send your executioners. Yeah. Yeah. You, you say, hey, Moloch, <laughs> you ever heard of the Acceptors before? <laughs> <laughs> So usually, usually uh, space run chapters are fairly autonomous, right? They'll make yes. their own decisions about what they want to do. And also, yeah. so this is an outlier because they are taking leads and instruction from the High Lords, what? which is really weird because they're like a warrior race. Like these are a warrior chapter. Like they're very berserker. So it's almost like they can't think for themselves. Maybe they are too bloodthirsty hmm. and they need this kind of instruction. Maybe they do go hand in hand. Maybe it's a mutually, uh, mutually beneficial exchange. Um, well, but it's also weird and suspicious. Like I don't, I don't so trust they, the they, they Don't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I think the thing is, we don't know if it's confirmed. Like how much the High Lords have done. Like we have a couple instances. Like right. the High Lords have definitely told other chapters to go do things, and then they've done it as well. Mm -hmm. um, they do have that 
ability to say go sure. do that and of the chapter course. will most likely say sure yeah. absolutely high lord of terror thank you for the honor <laughs> like yeah. but we do have a distinction between the the speed that they react yeah 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 there, there definitely is something there for sure but yeah the big point i want to make too is that they're not following every or order of the high lord like they're not just waiting they're waiting and the high lord say something they'll go do it but it might be a hundred 300 years before they, before get, they get their an order. next okay. order yeah, yeah. is right. what I'm trying right. to so they have some independence where they're like exactly. they're doing their own thing and then all of a sudden they get a call and like okay go do this thing yeah, like, okay. exactly like they still are a real chapter and they're still outside, autonomous outside like, of the high lord's authority right. but, but it, it's like at, at some point when they call like the gold message comes through yeah. and when the gold message comes they drop, you drop everything, everything and they go do that thing you do that message you fill, fulfill it complete it with crazy strength yeah. you know and then you go back to being your crazy bloodthirsty selves. <laughs> yeah. I like I like there's that there might be an element of arrogance too in the High Lords to like yeah. we want a chapter of our own. Mm. Tonight, Interesting. Right? And like to achieve our objectives and do what we need to be done. And th- that like background politicking is a very like imperial thing. It, this might not even be like a chapter of the High Lords in completeness. Yeah. It might be yeah. like there's four High Lords that have conspired together to make this thing to happen. make this chapter. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the my all there's how many members in the High Lords? Was like thirty or something? There's so mm-hmm. many. I don't know. I thought there was thirteen, I, but whatever. Yeah, I, but they are, they rotate right. Like there's like the Lords of Terror, which is like a massive the council. Senate, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you have the smaller inner council, which I think is only like twelve or thirteen. But they con- don't they constantly 12. change and yeah. rotate. So mm, that's the thing over the span of the length of the Imperium, people are just gonna die. So you you have also different High Lords like taking spots, different like organizations will rise to prominence and get kicked out of the High Lords. And it's almost like the UN Security Council where they kind of vote out someone who's like, oh, we don't like the way you're doing business. We all vote you out. Bring in the Mechanicus. Oh, they're kind of going rogue. Kick them out. Bring in Mm. the Assassin, you know. So it does it does flux. Yeah, there's some change. Yeah, some rotation. The only permanent positions, I think, are the Custodies and I think another to assassins maybe possibly yeah something but. to do with the inquisition well yeah. i mean like what are the minotaurs getting out of this exchange Ma- that's maybe, a good maybe the, okay maybe they're uh maybe it's because of their relationships with the high lord of terror they are one of the most um they have the most supplies yeah right they, they no, said they're one of the most stocked up and yeah that's obviously for this reason maybe that is the sole the reason incentive while yeah. they're happy to be compliant you want some cool hey hey kid you want some cool because like space marines <laughs> don't necessarily like just being yeah. told what to do every day of the week right they do kind of do their own shit but uh these guys are a little bit of an exception so some of that i think can tie back mm. to moloch and his desire to constantly see his chapter tested yeah. Um they and that might be through the manipulation of his memories. Like we want to instill in you your desire to push and test yourself because if we do, then anytime we point you at a space marine, instead of viewing it as like a whoa, that's my battle brother, you just see it as yes, another another person to grind Prove and to dust. <laughs> Maybe the high lords are giving them the best battles. That's why we're <laughs> yeah. for it. Kind of like I mean, orcs. Like, yeah, right, yeah, we're looking kinda. for the best fight. I know you got fights for me. Like, they just yeah. seem like space marines, but like corn, but the other side. They're like good corn. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the vibe I guess. Wait, wait, wait. Who said corn was bad? <laughs> <laughs> Almost everyone. Like, I, I assume that they want to fight. Um, like, they seem like a grizzly bunch, but they obviously like battle and they like that close combat yeah. and the messiness of it. So yeah, maybe they just like fighting. Maybe that's an incentive. But yeah, it. I would think that without this weird relationship that they have with the High Lords of Terra, yeah. I don't think they would be as nearly heavily armed as they are yeah. currently. And able to re- re- uh, redo their numbers and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so they, they, they pulled up to Terra 
Um, did they get a bunch? They got a bunch of Primaris Marines first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were one of the first chapters uh, mobilized during the Indominus Crusade to help clean up all the Chaos cults that had sprung up on Terra. So they were fighting on Terra against these Chaos cults, huh. and that kind of led to their confrontation with the Custodes and yeah, the Imperial yeah. Fists during like the whole hexarchy thing yeah yeah um is there precedent for as much uh, like brain manipulation as being kind of depicted with these guys like is is that common for space marines oh yeah well so, yeah. to a degree, degree. i'd yeah. assume so yes. but like to this extent like this um, is this is the thing that makes them exceptional yeah. right it's yeah. like everyone the same thing when you talk about berserker like or brutal marines like mark said like technically all marines are fairly brutal by any other metric but when you have someone described as exceptionally that, right, it shows they're yeah. at a higher level compared than to standard. the people in the same category. Right, yeah. exactly. So, like, you talk hypno indoctrination, sure, that's pretty standard across all Marines. Sure. But these guys are on another level. Right. So, so what's the function of that? Well, like I said, with the CIA, when they. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be connections with the CIA, dude. You've been abducted one too many times. There's three major components here. There's the disappearance of them throughout time. So they have three major appearances. That's suspicious. There's the relationship with the High Lords of Terra. That's suspicious. Um, and then there's the uh, consistent and hectic brain manipulation. That's suspicious also. So how do you connect all these dots? Uh, Dylan, if you'd like to take a, a quick walk to the other room where no inquisitorial member would like to talk to you <laughs> about your suspicions. Wait a second. All your questions it's will be answered. <laughs> all right, I trust you. <laughs> In that you will no longer be able to answer que- ask questions. Uh, I've been down this road before. <laughs> hey, it's Kristen's friend. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, thoughts and theories. Uh, on how they're all connected, those three things. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. They're just all connected. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, well, there's conspiracy. It goes mm-hmm. all the way to the top of the High Lords of Terra. All, <laughs> yeah. all of that always sunny meme with... Uh... Charlie? Charlie, yeah, he's connecting the dots. Yeah. Uh, the Silva one? Yeah, the uh, yeah like, there's the lines yeah. and thread. People commonly use that for the Dark Angels. Yeah. But it definitely applies here, too. Yeah, absolutely. They're all They're, connected to the High Lords. <laughs> there's a lot of weird, suspicious things, but I don't think um, I can. Dr- we can draw like a conclusive picture no. of, ah, here's exactly why they are. No. But I, I think we're like, it's pretty obvious that they are... Like the executioner force of the High Lords, I think that's yeah, as close that as we're gonna get. That's a good depiction. <laughs> no, they're the emperors. Oh, oh, totally oh, different. Totally oh, I'm different. a loser then. Because they the haven't done anything. High Lords, therefore, yeah, uh, they haven't done anything wrong. Right. Well, well wrong is relative. Punitive, punitive actions. <laughs> They've done what they're intended to do. What people intended yeah. them to do. So, like, they're yeah. not like I, they're disloyal. There's um, a reason. Yeah, there's a reason I keep making the CIA comparison. Yeah. Is like. Sometimes the government needs some dirty work to be done, right? Yeah, and right. the government doesn't want to necessarily be implicated in sure. that dirty work. So they have some guys that they know that they have a special understanding with to right. do the dirty work for them. So when you want to take out a loyalist chapter that maybe didn't do something wrong enough to do heresy, <laughs> let's say, you still want them to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> and you need to hire somebody to do that right. and to keep your secrets. The problem that leads with, I think, kind of comes at the conclusion of this train of thought 
is that now you have this chapter that specializes in destroying your one of your most powerful forces in the galaxy. <laughs> but it's not a bad idea yeah. to have that weapon in your back pocket sure. when you might sudden, need it. But all of a sudden, what if that weapon decides to turn its blade on you? Well, good thing you've spent years hypno-indoctrinating that. Yeah, so that yeah, they don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turning on you. Super interesting. I don't know. It seems like they're no, more... No space marine can ever fall to chaos once they're, like... <laughs> set in there. <laughs> I'm not even talking I'm not even talking chaos though. Like we have an example of one high lord yeah. giving them orders and they're about to fight custodies over this. And sis, yeah. just imagine they yeah. pull up to terror, they wipe out the fists. Exactly. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again yeah. Like oh, that's so and rough. then as another high lord sends them a completely opposite order and they just follow it. Yeah. Like at what point are they going to be like, you know what? We're just going to take orders from ourselves. <laughs> or just a high lord is going to give them an order and another high lord isn't going to be able to step in in time. Yeah. And this weapon is just going to be turned on something else. Well, that's a danger with nuclear weapons, man. Sometimes you can't predict where it's going to get fired, right? Mm -hmm. Just so, so everyone needs them. Everyone needs one just in case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I could do with a chapter of Minotaurs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every High Lord has a chapter of Minotaurs. Yeah. Uh, we call this escalation of force. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is a great way to make sure you're safe. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? Oh, I forgot, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Awful, nice. Awful, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, they get brain oh. manipulated. Oh, go on. Uh, did we talk about how Austerian Moloch might be a custode? I don't think oh, we did. No, okay. I was saving that for life. No, no, go well, for it. Well, this is the perfect time. Yeah, so, yeah. like... There's a we're talking about them falling and how dangerous that could be. It's rumored that you know if you have a custodes lead in this chapter, then definitely They're not never gonna, gonna fall. fall. Yeah, like, crazy. No custodes ever fall. So yeah. how do like if he was a custody? I'm not. I don't even want to fight that he is, Eric. Because there's, there's no <laughs> okay. proof other than for one line saying, "Hey, so, you know he holds so, like a black spear." He's so changed and manipulated. <laughs> no. How on earth could it be the same custody that he was 500 but, years but, ago? Custodies live a long time. First of all, yeah. Yes. They have like extraordinary healing factors, so something that would even kill a space marine, the custodies could theoretically bounce back from. Now, I'm gonna lay out all the evidence because it's actually my personal favorite theory is that actually he is a, a, he, the. Well, I'm glad you're gonna fight for it, and I don't have to. Yes, I'll do it. I'll you have my blessing though. Okay. Friends for. So here, here are all the evidence before you make up your mind. Yes, he has his spear that is directly compared to the guardian spear that only custodies uses. He. That's why I brought and now up his Eric size. Pulls up the Death Watch. Watch Captain. Well, maybe that's son of a bitch in his Maybe they're all custodies. Maybe they also run the Death Watch. Have you considered that, Aries? You haven't considered that, have you? Okay. okay. Hi, Lords, hear me out. Why make Space Marines when we could just do custodies? Why make Guards when we could just have custodies? Right. It's better than Primaris. Yeah. Custodies. Yeah. Hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The um, the size thing, I don't, I don't particularly remember him being described as particularly large, but I did bring it up at some point. Custodies yeah, do tend to be on You're the larger large. side and the final thing is even when he's facing off with that shield captain uh valerian like for another custodies to make that comparison that makes sense of someone of equal skill or better skill right sure so and then and then the obvious weird connection with the high lords custodies have a permanent place on the high lords of terra and for a long time, the Custodes didn't actively engage in imperial politics and stuff. Yeah. So maybe they needed someone to do that Ooh. for them. Sorry, I missed that. What was your last point? The Custodes for a long time didn't get involved in politics. They were right. guarding the emperor at the throne room. Didn't care. The imperium could burn down around them for all they cared. Right. Their mission was that. But, you know, what if they do need to get involved outside of their mission? 
well, you get a Space Marine chapter that's completely loyal, psycho-indoctrinated, mm-hmm. well-funded, and backed up to achieve your ends. And, and led your, by someone who is Who is brother. absolutely loyal right. and will yeah. do what needs to be done. Yeah. It kind of fits. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of... It's my personal thought. favorite yeah. theory. Cool. All right. So you raised four points. Go. <laughs> Bring it. The first one was your spear comparison. Yes. Uh, I think that's a really weak. That's one of the weaker. We're gonna give that a three out of a ten. Okay, rating. that's fair. I, I can agree um, with that. There are enough like Other different people. weapons out there in the universe, and obviously, if you see someone wielding it, there's nothing wrong with you being like, "I like that, and I want that, and I'd like to um, use that." In older lore. Uh, custody spears were very different than they were to like nowadays since they have models like nowadays they're just bolters strapped on the end yeah. back in the day they were like laser spears which is way more what the black spear is absolutely with newer lore it's hard to make that also yeah. new guardian spears they've introduced like melt the spears and oh, last cannon yeah last cannon spears like they've already introduced these variants yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so we know exist. that they are sure. making spears with these other attachments on them uh, this is hardly the only place that you'll find spears. That's fair. Being yeah, yeah. It's not the strongest evidence, but it, um, it helps. Support. So your next one was the size <laughs> of the marine. I think that's yeah. even weaker than your sure. Spear yeah, Tiberius the Red Wake is like, described yeah. as there are many large. different sizes. Lots of Death Guard are described yeah. as abnormally yeah. large. Okay, so you get about him, one and a half out of ten. Yeah, so, I, so I started with the four and a half. I started with the weaker evidence and built up to the stronger. evidence. So the doubt of the custodies one, I think, is interesting. Very cool thought. Custodies are like they're supposed to be the perfect like warrior perfect skilled they perfectly don't, loyal they don't make mistakes mm-hmm. um yeah they have this weird connection like biochemical alchemical connection to the emperor himself mm. um they view themselves kind of outside of the imperium's power struggle as a whole like solely focused on the protection of the emperor to the detriment of any Everyone other else, thing yeah. so the idea that this custody is questioning his own skill i don't know like, maybe that means Moloch's skill is amazing, yeah. but that doesn't mean, like, it. he is a custody. There are creatures yeah. out there that are more than capable of destroying a custodies. Sure. Like, that's not... Do you want me to mute this motherfucker for his heresy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the it. CIA will keep him quiet. <laughs> this entire section is about to be redacted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beeps, beeps, beeps. So there yeah. are things out there that can kill a custody. Um, well, like even during the Horus Heresy, we have examples of world eaters punching straight through unarmed world uh, eaters, unarmed <laughs> naked world, world eaters yeah. killing a fully armored custodian. So right. it seems weird to me that like if you're going to give this author like the validity and credibility of being like, wow, this must to mean be this, fair. This was also a more recent. Then Black you ha- then I think you need to go too. back and compare it to all the other authors that also describe sure. custodians because you're not going to find there's a not a benchmark. strong consistency. Just no. go yeah. read all 500 Warhammer books and we'll get back to this. <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit this. We'll revisit this. So one. his his doubt, his personal doubt over his skill, yeah. does not necessarily mean that a completely different shield captain would assess the situation in a similar manner. Sure. That other shield captain might assess it and be like, no, I can definitely take Moloch. I see the weakness in him. Because the custodians Maybe, are different. But Valerius also compares him to other people, one being yeah, a Primarch. Has he fought Gilliman? Does he know Gilliman's mm. actual strength? Maybe. Yeah, so, you, you don't know. You assume like <laughs> what he's saying is kind of accurate. It's his own perspective. Yeah. And you assume he's like, he's a renowned you take enough it, you're kind He of also doesn't say he would lose. Proof. He just I says he doesn't know Gilliman. It's not proof. It's not personal meaning. Yeah. You sow enough seeds of doubt, right? Yeah. And you can't convict. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, so the, and the last, last one, one being the custody puppet, um, like 
The weird thing is that this chapter is old. Moloch is only 500 years old sure. as the chapter master of this thing. So sure. before then, like, did they? Did the custodies have any that's kind of where relationship? We, that's with where we the go chapter? back to the face replacement, where they were. Yeah, a chapter. but that's happening in M forty one. What about M thirty six and M thirty two? Like, it's very easy for a guy to just put a helmet on and you don't know who he is. And they also like that's the other thing. Moloch is known not to take off his helmet yeah. or his armor. Some people don't see his face. Well, that if anything, that just makes me think that it's not the same person over and over. That's and over. also the thing. What if the custodians rotate out of the position? The custodians do that also. They constantly rotate. Yeah, out that'd of be positions. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, he's not just, just one. But, watch. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, I can crazy. appreciate yeah. that That's way sweet. more than I can appreciate one custody sacrificing his post as right. protector of the emperor yeah. to leave it and just join the space marine sure. chapter. That that makes way less sense to me than a custody taking like a okay, it's my turn now to be here for fifty years. Yeah. And, you know, they take their individual vigils. Yeah. And, like, this is a secret role within the custards that one individual member has to go and lead this chapter of, uh, of Space yeah. Marines, yeah. you know. It's kind of interesting. Does that seem, like, feasible? I don't know. Yeah, why It's not? feasible. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's definitely I, feasible. I wonder sure. now with custodes being back into the setting or whatever, yeah. do they care anymore if these minotaurs are their puppets anymore? Well, they I mean, again, force, like... that whole government thing of, like, sometimes you got to do dirty I work. Guess, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. associated with yeah, it, yeah, so yeah. you use that I don't think the custodes give a shit. Maybe not, but they still need to have a certain appearance and, like, yeah. hmm. be, you know, like, again, they can't and be seen going around killing other chapters because are, they're going to think. Yeah, there's always politics in yeah. any scenario, <laughs> yeah. right? So. so if anyone's going to lead these guys, it's going to be a custard, or they would ideally like to be a custard. I, I like the idea of the rotating custody and the fact that Austerian Moloch is more of a title than I do sure. the idea that a single custody has left. Led them for this yeah. whole time. The other thing is, it could be a rogue. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna say that a rogue custode. Is there such thing as a rogue no, custodian? There isn't. Rogue That's custodian. why it would be a real like stretch. But I feel it's like possible. If anything that, is possible. If that were the case, <laughs> yeah. the custodians would should be aware of that and might even try to stop exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah, and take a more. That personal seems like interest. a black mark against the custodians, yeah. which they don't like, unless he doesn't reveal it. In which yeah. case, it's like another like weird thing about the custodians is I like they're so confident in their own ability um even the imperium does like anytime the custodies are sent to a battle or they're deployed it's immediately declared a victory for the imperium before they reach the battle <laughs> like that's how much faith is placed in these custodies have you seen and how shiny their armor is Yo, you'd have a lot of self-confidence as well it it seems weird that this one would be like damn here's a guy i just can't kill like and he's a shield captain. Right. He should well, be it was able after to do After the it. assessment, he assessed first, yes. and then he reached that conclusion. He also doesn't say he can't kill him. To be fair, he just he just questions yeah. whether he could. Right? It doesn't sure. mean I'm gonna lose. Just like it might be a tough fight, and I'm I might lose versus yeah. like I'm definitely gonna lose. Which is there that is a distinction. Yeah. But I also don't think that's an indicator of Moloch's custodian status. Sure. Sure. I think that's more just wow. There are some space marines out there who are extraordinarily skilled beyond yeah. what we would say the average. And right. the first one that comes to mind is Sigismund. <laughs> you son of a black. Tem? What 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 chapter? Uh, I understand your confusion there. Sigismund was actually a member of the Imperial Fishverse <laughs> chapter, <laughs> captain of the Black Templar company, and then it was after <laughs> Sigismund is constantly <laughs> referred to as, like, the most deadly swordsman in the galaxy. And so 
if a custody is seeing Sigismund, do you think that he they're, might have a they're having assessment. the same assessment Possibly. of that Possibly. being like, okay, like maybe this is going to be a tough fight. Maybe I can't kill him. You know, like a Luft Huron is supposed yeah. to be like an amazing warrior yeah. from the Bad Up War. Are the custodies assessing him and being like, okay, maybe one-on-one I might have a struggle. Yeah. But these are singular people out of millions of Marines. Sure. Okay, okay. That have existed. Okay. Are you ready for the most damning piece of evidence that I've been keeping? I'm yes. ready. All right. Custodies are gold. Oh, <laughs> Grey knights are silver. You son of a bitch, oh you got God. me there. Minotaurs are bronze. Something that... So what does that mean besides, you know, like... You know, colors. Co- colors and stuff. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Metals and... Uh, that's I mean... all. That's... <laughs> I'll let you come to your own conclusion. Ah, <laughs> that's nice. You give us the information, and it's up to us that's to true. choose what we do with it. I do what GW does. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shit writing? <laughs> um, something that we actually never even talked about was the use of psychers in the Minotaur's chapter. Um, Like they're codex compliant, so I'd imagine they do have psychers. I've never um, seen one. But yeah, I've never seen one either. Yeah. It seems unlikely. And they're never They seem like a very close combat kind of... Um... No chapter for that. I wonder what they, how they use their psychers. Is there anything interesting there? No, no I couldn't find. There's anything. just no oh, okay. information. Yeah, yeah. but right, like right. They, presumably they don't say they're against it, and they yeah. also don't say they don't have them. Yeah, right, I'm sure that that so they, they have to likely. be there. They're yeah. codex compliant. Yeah, they like. Well, you can. Does codex compliant mean you must have? Codex compliant means you follow the codex. I guess, and they do have. They have. <laughs> if you're not pretty black and white, yeah, Eric. If you're not following it, then you're not. Are compliant. you codex compliant? Yeah. Yeah. I just say. Yeah, I La- don't know. Lack of evidence is not. Well, let's make evidence. sure Moloker has read the codex so that he has the right rules to make a decision <laughs> yeah. about his own chapter. Oh, uh, I think they. Eric, do you remember off the top of your head? Do you remember what they recommend using for playing rules on tabletop yes. to get the chapter? Tactics? So in the Imperial Armory um, is like where these guys first came out. Cool. And they said that they are a custom champer, but because of their propensity for master siege craft, and they also mentioned their chimeric gene seed, so it's really yeah. hard to pinpoint what you'd play them as. Yeah. But they cl- most closely resemble oh. the Imperial Fists, huh. which is such a turnaround from what I think you would expect. Yeah. And I think that's a great indicator to show the difference between M36 Berserker hmm. um minotaurs versus m41 and m m32 <laughs> minotaurs that were much more willing to work with people in their specialty and i think that specialty now is more aligned with this siege craft hmm. still berserkers still committing all their forces to a single sure. thing but not being as stompy stompy boots on the ground punch a hole through everything yeah right <laughs> sure but yeah iron Imperial Fist is Imperial what Fist. they said to use as their uh, one. It's interesting. That's kind of uh, revealing, hey? I thought yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. One more. What are you thinking, Christian? Side theory. Moloch. This is not him as a custo. Just, just him his, as your, this is proof. His father. Your, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Perfect. <laughs> My father's a CIA. Excellent. <laughs> no, uh, Moloch's uh, might be just like super cybernetically enhanced too. Just like all his close calls with death and stuff. Like they rebuilt him over and over again. Yeah, like how much more machine than man now? Yeah, yeah. And also that plays into the whole data feeds. Like he's inputting information, coming up with data, and then because he's pretty much a machine, he can also go and fight frontline and be unstoppable too. Right. Um, And he's described as very like like a force of nature, machine like, and how he just like cold blooded. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I then, like I like his paranoia. I like that it it might tie into the fact that you know he knows some secret about his own chapter that he's not willing to have let spread. Out. Yeah. So and he knows how how to deal with other chapters, and he cannot stand the fact that someone else might do the same thing to him. So he's making sure that he's protected and hidden. So yeah. or like the personality implantation one, where it's different yeah. space marine, yeah. and they just like he adopts the personality <clears throat> of former. So. All right. Um, there is another, I mean, we got lots more actually in the Tales <laughs> cool. of the Warp. Yeah, so, uh, one of the things I noticed when writing their history is their apparent run-ins with the Ultramarine chapter and Ultramarine successors. We have three examples where they directly confront <laughs> the, uh, Ultramarines. Uh, the first one is their, uh, fight with the Inceptors. Sure. Uh, and the fact that they annihilate a loyalist chat i don't know how many times i need to say <laughs> they completely destroy a loyalist chapter before people start asking questions <laughs> why did they do it so they <laughs> yeah they completely destroy the inceptors chapter yep. steal all their good shit and then just leave yeah and they expect no repercussions which seems crazy to me <laughs> and there are no repercussions no high lord is issuing like a oh these guys are traitors for destroying let me say it one more time <laughs> loyalist. a loyalist chapter <laughs> so that that's that, one that's a high terror money man that's that thing yeah. that's a high, high terror loads in your back money. pocket you know yeah. like uh that's the only explanation like what else could that be right the like, next and so because of that ultramar denounces them yeah naturally and as you fucking denies would. them access to ultramar which is a pretty big area of space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one we have is the... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Wait, are you leaving this? Or no, no, no. There's three examples okay, in total. Yeah, 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 okay. So the next one is the insult to Calgar. Uh, and Mark knew this. He mentioned it more to me. I couldn't even find it anywhere. But Mark, you said that they insulted Calgar? Yeah, yeah. Basically, during like, uh, their rep reprimand, whatever that looks like, you know, they're bickering with Calgar and... People are like, don't you make fun? Don't you say Calgar's name in vain? And the guy's like, Calgar, in, in vain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, like, it, was, it was that. It was like he, he, yeah. But the like the willingness to do that to yeah. like the Lord of McCraig kind of shows like an arrogance or yeah. like a, an overconfidence in your ability or whoever is backing you and protecting you. Yeah. Like I'll say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't know what's behind me. You don't know what shadow is there. Or, fuck you, Ultramarines, because you're stupid as shit. <laughs> it's pretty ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't off the cups of space. Like, you gotta, you and gotta then know the, what you're doing, right? the, the last one I have is they placed them... They interacted with this Genesis chapter, which was the successor of the Ultramarines. Um, my guess is that this Genesis chapter was one of the ones that swore vengeance against the Minotaurs for the Minotaurs' destruction of the Inceptor chapter mm -hmm. and the grievances against Calgar. Yeah. So these guys are like, you know what? Like, screw you, you know. Enough of our honor being besmirched or whatever. Yeah. So this Genesis uh, chapter, there's a, a captain that's going to duel a captain of the Minotaur chapter. And then the Minotaur chapter is like, yeah, I'm just going to kill you <laughs> if we <laughs> duel. Like, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> fuck with me. So there seems to be a weird number of Ultramarine-specific hatred from the Minotaur's chapter. Well, they're very, they're very different, aren't they? I, like, I don't know why. And like, you're going to hate my explanation. I'm, I'm, Greeks and I'm more than willing. And Romans all Honestly, in yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> so you think it's an out-of-universe explanation? Yeah, like uh, there's a lot of that in 40K. Yeah. Um, the ultramarines are very, they are 
very Roman, but they also have a very strong Greco-Roman theme, like the Fortress of Hera. Like their naked wrestling, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, like things <laughs> That's like... That's my favorite. The Blade. Fortress of Hera is like the Parthenon. They have a lot of the Greco side of it. Blue often being like the Athenian color and the obvious like a- Athens-Spartan rivalry, the right. Peloponnesian Wars. So they just wanted to include like, oh, we got Spartan Marines. Let's have yeah, Athenian all, Marines. all the Persian ties and, and the Macedonian ties and, and, you know, all the other old civilizations. Yeah, I'm going like, to spank you, Eric. Uh, the Australians. Place, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can confirm No, that. but like that, that's why they go so heavy on it, right? Athens and Sparta. So, so like, you think that it's Games Workshop intentionally yeah, just is being trying history to create nerds. conflict. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, this okay. would be cool. We want Athens and Sparta. It's, cool. it's not as much as I would have liked, but I can, I, there's oh, many things. Oh, that's definitely what they're doing. There's many yeah. things in Games Workshop's writing where you just got to chalk it up to they some... just ripped it from history yeah yeah the macarian crusade I, alexander, alexander the great, great. It just copy paste <laughs> yeah i don't think that's egregious i think that's quite cool in fact you would actually know how this story ends if you know history so how does it all end man the spartans win oh well, <laughs> minotaurs beat the old and then you heard it here first. <laughs> And then okay. the Persians. <laughs> then the Persians win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more just. I saw the which pattern. are the Tyranids. If you look into it, <laughs> just, I I saw the pattern of the ultramarine conflict, but I hadn't drawn any kind of conclusion. I was kind of shooting in the dark for yeah. that. Yeah, so that's definitely. I'm more than willing to definitely accept yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It's also interesting. Just a side note: the Genesis chapter also have a lambda as their symbol, their chapter symbol. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's more proof due to the Minotaurs. I'm just saying that it doesn't make sense that they're fighting each other. They should be allies. <laughs> Mark and I kind of for the one true lambda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, that's the the insult to honor. There, they mm-hmm. stole their chapter symbol. <laughs> uh, when we were writing this, Mark and I were kind of wondering about how they are constantly renewing their ranks and how are they refilling their chapter so quickly. Um, combine that with the fact that they are destroying Marines after Marines and their heavy use of hypno-indoctrination. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the possibility of them cannibalizing other Marines, say, from the Lamenters chapter mm-hmm. or from the Inceptors chapter and bolstering their own ranks with these guys that they are then mind-wiping and then bringing into their own fold? I mean, they have to get the new stock from somewhere, right? So... It just It's constantly said that it's very fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they like to do combat pretty quick so maybe that is the solution yeah yeah the f- yeah it i mean that seems like, like chaos, chaos yeah chaos space marines do a similar thing and like my big hold up is like okay so they killed the lamentars now they take them why would they fight for them but with enough hypno doctrine you can you're make, mind wiping you, you can you do make anything a, a to blank anybody, slate like, yeah, yeah well like if chaos space marines can somehow take loyalist imperial fists and turn them chaos like like, Anything sh- is possible. Sure, why sure. not? Like, yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. That's but my thought. do you like the idea of this cannibalization, or uh, do you yeah, prefer I... thinking that they no, they only? I like I think they recruit their own personally. Sure. Yeah, I agree with Christian. It seems more fitting. I think you need a certain kind of person or personality to join this chapter, and I think they look for that. I like, maybe they convert it, I but think, I don't think they convert it from their enemies. I yeah. think that almost anything can be programmed in Sharon's yeah. brain. Yeah, but I mean the whole like the way they do battle, they don't take prisoners. It's not typical for them. So like, why would there yeah. be survivors? Exactly. Right? Well, th- we why know there we... were we know there were survivors of the Inceptor chapter because they had to surrender. Sure. Right. Right. But yeah. we don't hear anything about the Inceptor chapter after. And like, they, I could say they have done it. I could get on board that they probably have yeah, done that. Yeah, but is that. it typical? So, is that the typical practice? 
I don't think so. No. The, but I like that idea for sure. Yeah. The, the, They're taking everything else. Yeah, exactly. What's yeah, stopping them from... <laughs> that's like, fair. It's just another resource <laughs> for Moloch's war yeah. machine. And if you can already take fully developed Astartes... Why not? Why the so fuck? The work not? is done for you. Yeah. Yeah, you just do the hyper they, hip, no indoctrination. They do constantly say that they they do sure. the hypno indoctrination and they do it over and over yeah. Regu- Repeated, repeatedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. regularly. Be, uh, yeah. yeah, so they're Maybe. constantly being just bathed in brainwashing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go into battle. Bring me back brains. So I need more brains for more <laughs> manipulation. More brains. And they just go over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, yeah, theoretically. That kind of fits once you give it that kind of explanation. They all like stealing it. everything else. So, Eric, you're going to hate this explanation, but in history, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> All right, and then I have one more topic to talk <laughs> okay. about. Okay. Uh, and this might be a doozy. Oh. It's the Chimeric Gene Seed and the Primaris Program. So, I got a couple thoughts about this. Uh, one, Chimeric Gene Seed is stupid as shit. Please, <laughs> please, don't, ever, please don't ever write a chapter. Do you really don't like that? I don't as like, long as it doesn't make you super special, boys. But yeah, I don't but see the problem with it. That's basically. how it always fucking happens. Sure, just don't write it stupid. That's all. Okay, so, so here's why write it all if it doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, if you give it a legitimate purpose, like, like I like the cannibalization if you don't have enough resources. Mm. That's a good reason. To sure. It, right? Is the chimeric gene seed? Is that multiple primox kind of fused together? Is that the idea? The idea gene seed from the yeah. idea. Right. I, the more understood idea of yeah. chimeric gene seed is that you supplement your organs with the organs from another gene seed gotcha. to make up for the deficiencies in your own but oh. also maybe to impart some kind of genetic disposition like you can combine the imperial fist and the ultramarines and you might gotcha. come up with something different it's an amalgamation but that's the thing yeah. that pisses me off about gene seed generally is because you shouldn't ha- it shouldn't be linked to your personality I agree. and that's why or, i don't care con- combat it right exactly no. so that's why i don't sure. i don't care if yes. people do it yeah. because it shouldn't affect now when people do it too effectively like, oh everyone i want to have is like, okay, and i want close combat and shoot it. Yeah. yeah. So have blood angels mixed with Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so frustrating. Too many people put too much stock in the fact that if you are a blood angel successor, that means you are... Well, that's a bad example. If you are a dark <laughs> angel successor... <laughs> well, it, that's a bad example because technically all dark angel successors shit. are okay. uh, under... Let me do another one. If you're a space wolf successor, <laughs> there you go. There are no space wolf successors. Right. Actually, there was one, but it was destroyed. The the steel wolves or yeah, something. Yeah. But so try again. Imperial <laughs> fist successor. There we go. Salamander successor. They don't have yeah, any. <laughs> Okay. okay, go. Where are all these successes coming from? <laughs> Ultramarines. It's you all son a conspiracy. Of a bitch. <laughs> I. So your point is being defeated before no. it started. The. I think too many people, yes, they put too much stock in the genetic heritage of a successor, and they assume if you're an ultramarine successor, it will means be you like... are just a carbon copy of yeah. the ultramarines. Right. And that's just wrong. You can be whatever you want to be. The chapters can be built for specific purposes, yeah. deployed to specific campaigns, and it doesn't really matter where your gene seed comes from. You're a fucking space marine, and you're going to do <laughs> combat as best, like, as, as what a chapter your, dictates. Yeah, as like whatever tradition you were raised yeah, in. Like your culture. Yeah, your... your home world, I would say, has a way bigger effect on how like your chapter traditions and your yeah. cults and your war making. It, that's nurture, right? It's yeah. nature, but like uh, the gene seed gives you the nature and then you're still at the impact of what you're surrounded by. So that's right. your nurture. So it's a balance of both. Um, you so get the biology from the gene seed, but you know, you could have any influence. The gene seed doesn't give you philosophy. Right. So that's why I don't like chimeric. But moving on. Chimeric gene seed, so we'll talk a little bit more about it just so you guys mentioned it could be one guy has multiple different organs. I think that's the more well understood chimeric gene. I would say seed. so too, yeah. yeah. Um another option could be like um 
Chaos Space Marines use Chimeric Gene C a lot where they just they have an Imperial Fist now who is a Black Legion guy. They also have a Salamander guy. Yeah. It's the that's, chapter as a whole draws. That's the my Gene cannibalization. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's them having Inceptor Marines in and, their own thing. And yeah. now their chapter is, is Chimeric. Exactly. Right. right. So that's cool. maybe maybe that's where their chimeric gene seed mm-hmm. comes from is the fact that they are cannibalizing these marines into their own force. Yeah, and like they're not they're not intermixing inceptor DNA necessarily or into the chapter as a whole. That. Yeah, we don't think so at least. Yeah, yeah who but, knows? Hard to say. But hard I mean, to say. you take the gene seed where you get it from, right? Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Yeah. So here's and we'll I'll take it wherever I can get. Psycho it. Psycho indoctrinate. Sure. Yeah, Mark's just the here's kind of where that that gene seed dumpster. Gene seed dumpster. Here's kind of where that line of logic leads me, though. Okay. And it has to do with um, them rushing to Terra because of their faulty, corrupted Gene Seed stock. Now, we know that um, Space Marine chapters need to send a tithe back to Terra and Mars to the Gene Vaults, not only to uh, do tests on their Gene Seed to make sure, you know, the lack of corruption is acceptable, but also to build up the stores for when Terra needs to create new chapters. Yeah. So these um, Minotaurs are sending stock back to Terra. At what point would Terra be like, hey, wait a minute, this Gene Seed is chimeric (laughs) when they're doing their testing on it. So I think people would know about it. It should be fairly obvious when the genes are like, this one is very obviously Rogaldorn, and yeah. this one is very obviously sanguineous. Unless, unless. No, no, no. Let me let me finish the okay, thought. Okay, okay. So, if they had Chimeric Gene Seed, I think more people would know about it, unless there's some kind of conspiracy. But they're on their way to Terra to replace their gene stock, but that doesn't happen immediately. What happens first is they're given gray shields. Um, from the Primaris project that Call did. Now, when Call is giving people out these gray shields, he's giving them from their own genetic ancestors. He's giving Ultramarines, Ultramarines. Um, Ultramarine Primaris, and he's yeah. giving Imperial Fist, um, Imperial Fist, Rogel Dorn's genetic, you know, History. descendants. Yeah. Yeah. So when he gives these Minotaurs their Primaris Marines, is called giving Chimeric Gene Seed to these guys? Or giving I a random allotment of whatever is left. That doesn't over. make yeah. any sense, though. Like The, the Grey Shields used to fight as, like, a hodgepodge of different heritages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were put together. But so, like, when it they're could be, given like, whatever's the... left, though. They're like, oh, yeah, these are just left here. Take these. <laughs> but they were the first, like, they were the first chapter to receive sure, Primaris Marine Sure, but they probably earmarked, like, this group will, after they're done being deployed, will go eventually to Ultra. So you're this saying it's, it's more likely that they were given a whole bunch? I'm not saying bunch. any of it is likely. My... <laughs> it seems it seems weird to me that w- in all the other examples we have yeah. is that Ultramarines got Ultramarines and yeah. Imperial Fist got Imperial Fist. Black Templar got Imperial that Fist. That same argument will be leveled at every unknown one because, like, what do we give the guys that we don't know what their yeah. origin is? And what do we give guys who we do know are chimeric? Or what do we give, right? Like, it's not, like, when they founded certain chapters, sometimes they, the people founding the chapters had ulterior motives. They messed with the gene seed of the curse founding. They, like, it's not like they're purists either. So it's not like they're particularly picky. We're gonna say something, right? 
right? Okay. You don't have to explain it for everybody else. Or people who they allege have traitor genes even. It's not like calls like, here, take some Luna Wolves. <laughs> like, Although that is well, a thing that they're talking about. He didn't but, make no. it. <laughs> I thought he like was not allowed to make Allegedly. Any. You're also not allowed calls to tamper with space moves. And there's call tampering. But that was an order from Gilliman. That's right. a little different. Right. Gilliman is not the emperor. Let's get that straight away. He's the lord commander of the Imperium. But, but the, the emperor Mechanicus is still doesn't like answer to the, the Imperium. Emperor. It's true. Emperor still it's true. Has? Yeah. So... I so. just <laughs> feel <laughs> <at> Christian's face. <laughs> That's smug satisfaction. Now, will you admit defeat, Eric, or will you like more of a beating? <laughs> I'm part of me thinks that um, this whole chimeric gene seed, the lack of it's fucking hot in here. First, know, of all. Some, uh, um, we're almost done. I know. Right. Okay, I'll sweat it out. <laughs> it's like sorry, sauna. guys. Your shirt is like soaked in sweat. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's, That's crazy. Uh, it's hot. It's a lot of hot energy. So I think that. This whole chimeric thing and the lack of knowledge of where their gene seed originates from, if anything, I think that it adds even more strength to the idea that they are being manipulated from behind the scenes and the High Lords are trying to find that right combination that they're looking for. Hmm. They made they made these Minotaurs in M32 and they had this purpose and we're like, no, 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 it's not quite right. Let's go back to the drawing board. <laughs> they infuse them with a little bit different gene seed in M36 to get a little different result. They got some crazy wacko scientist to do it. Not quite the result they're looking for, but it feels like an M41 with Moloch especially. They've kind of perfected the idea that they're looking for. And now with this infusion of Primaris Marines, maybe one of them had a special part of the, I don't fucking know. I'm kind of talking on my ass at this point. <laughs> but to me, there's enough, um, there's enough opportunities for their gene seed to be manipulated. Right. Uh, and there's enough changes in how they act and, and how they respond to stuff that I'm more willing to accept that someone is actually behind the scenes manipulating their yeah. stuff. Sure. That, that's literally what I was going to say way yeah. back when I interrupted you. I was like, the High Lords are clearly screwing with things behind the scenes. Yeah. They can falsify paperwork. They can no. have people that work directly for the them do it. It's against the law. <laughs> they would never <laughs> falsify law, a signature. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like it, it just reinforces that tie that they have powerful benefactors. Yeah, I'd say it's most likely because they directly benefit from it, right? So yeah. obviously they got, their, they got their fingers in the pie. Um, yeah, scary shit. Can you think of maybe some of the loyalist gene seeds that they might use? Like, what are your what are your top what's your top guess? For loyalists, I don't really have one. Um, like the the big thing is they seem to be like super aggressive, super angry. So you naturally go to a chapter like that, like Blood Angels, but sure, Black yeah. Rage. So yes. I, I then switch and I go to World Eaters. That's actually one of the few chapters I would be confident they aren't related to it, at well, all. Yeah, exactly. Confident yeah. that they're not Blood Angels. Same with Space Wolves, because yeah. they don't have any of that Canis Helix bullshit, which is absolute <laughs> stupid and bullshit. But, that, but then again, like, fuck, now it's all Primaris Marines, so who knows what they but have? Back then, but though, back even, then, though. Even to right before the yeah. infusion yeah. Yeah. of yeah. Primaris Marines. You would have yeah. seen something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm also willing to say no to Dark angels sure um but i i do like the idea of like a black templar more than like an imperial fist ultra um, successor because it's all just greek states fighting i each mean other. Yeah, yeah it could just be an ultra a little poetic thing. justice yeah. yeah now help me out here which is the chapter uh they're like eight foot tall they're really muscly yeah. big teeth green skin yeah 
Um, which, which chapter is that? Because I think they would propagate the best genes here. Um, you know, maybe uh, that is some deep heresy. Space Marines need to take the leaf out of that page. I think that, that chapter is called Big D's War Band. Oh, I see. Yes, it is one of the lost Primarchs. Is me. Sorry, guys. Um, one, quick th- one quick thing to reinforce the World Eater connection. Um, the World Eaters were previously the Warhounds. These guys are the lapdogs of the Imperium. Ooh, another Ooh. connection. Pull that string tight, Christian. <laughs> I'm forming my tinfoil hat on my head. <laughs> Putting your clown makeup on. <laughs> the string of the Warhounds. <laughs> they wear the same color color. Oh. <laughs> Gold, silver, bronze. Oh my god. It was the, the missing color. The Greeks started yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> 9-11 was a hoax. <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. But Space Marine acid can. That's Space right. Marines melted the steel beams on 9-11 with their acid spit. Oh my god. What a derailment. It all makes sense. <laughs> and that's Primaris. Wake up, you sheeple. <laughs> Holy smokes. So fuck their gene seed, wherever it comes from, whoever it is. Doesn't matter. I'm just glad they're there. They are a loyalist <laughs> chapter, but I do think... With heretical tendencies? <laughs> <laughs> Just different from a heretical chapter with loyalist tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> like the Dark Angels. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Brother Asterion, you're being particularly heretical today. <laughs> No, it's in this order I got from a high lord of Terra, sealed and signed. <laughs> it's fine. Poof. Right. Well, um, that is the end of the Minotaur's chapter. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else they want to add before we thank all of our new Patreon members? Um, for someone who didn't really know much about this at the start of this episode, these guys are pretty fucking sweet. I'm not going to lie. They're like they're, yeah. they're just hardcore. They're brutal. Like They've got a suspicious background. There's enough intrigue there. And they're also just warriors. Um, thematically, they're Spartan. I don't know. There's a lot of very likable elements that are very yeah. 40k feeling. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. There's a lot in there that is cool enough yeah. to sink your teeth into. Yeah. yeah, you can't hate a horde army with a bunch of choppers. Like These guys are pretty <laughs> sick. So, uh, Mark, Christian, anything else? Um, I don't know. Um, do we want to go around the table and say one final one 30 second thing? What do you think the Minotaurs are? What are like, you most grateful for the Minotaurs that's right, for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, punitive actions. <laughs> I really like the, the deploying as a whole chapter. Yeah. I am glad that it's not a common thing yeah. because when you see it in this chapter, it just feels so much like the gravitas <laughs> yeah. is so much more. Yeah powerful it, it is funny too to think like it is only a thousand guys so like it's not right. this grand parade but it's true but it's, it's but, but, but five marines yeah, yeah. be glad there's that. not more yeah. <laughs> they're more or less That's five it. marines can take on a planet themselves yeah. Yeah. so a thousand marines i was gonna steal the same thing i think them all fighting as one unit and only one unit yeah. is probably the coolest thing i also like that yeah. um but i'll go back to their uh, aesthetics i do really like the spot and feel I think it's cool to have like, you know, 300's awesome, man. So to have that in Space Marines, ah, it's just jacked up to a level. It's the most it's historically cool. accurate uh, movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's uh, how I learned all about the fight at the Hawk Eights. <laughs> uh, Christian, do you have anything to add about the I, Avengers? I think they're probably my favorite chapter. I like their like... Yeah, really. I like their secret ties. Like, yeah, everything else you guys mentioned is really sweet. But it's that like connection that explains it all in a decent manner, not just like... Yeah. Mary sues them that they're not interesting. It's like that that weird connection. Even if they weren't, didn't have the Spartan theme. Even if they didn't, you know, do all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I would 
totally think a cool CIA black ops kind of dark, yeah, doing the dirty work kind of chapter is just a cool concept altogether yeah. that like has ulterior motives. They get away with killing other space I, yeah. marines. If, That's the coolest shit. Yeah. If ever I actually had a problem with them, it's the fact that they seem to have no repercussions for yeah. the heavy handedness until they, it's explained. Yeah. Yeah. If it's until it until, is explained, that is yeah. my biggest like. Right. Mm, yeah. Because you, you assume know. the conspiracy goes way up the tower, right? Yeah. So it's it, there's a reason they can get away with it. Let's yeah. assume. Yeah. Um. Cool, cool. All right, sick. Well, I think the next part uh, is we got to thank all of our brand new patrons. Yeah, thanks. Oh, shout out to all our existing patrons. Oh, of course. You guys are the true heroes of the podcast. Like, I did some math yesterday. You know we only got like 0. 0.5 to 0.1% of our listeners on our Patreon. Isn't that an absurd number to wow. hear? So what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, consuming free content. No excuse. <laughs> Like, uh, do I need to say more on that, or you Does guys he need gonna... to unleash some minotaurs on your ass? Yeah, <laughs> but if, Eric, if potentially you needed a, a reason to join our Patreon, first of all, besides shame and me just you right, know, right. belittling, if you, the guilt you know. isn't already eating at you, <laughs> uh, what you should do is you should join our Patreon, and then you should enter into our contests on our Ooh, Discord. Hey, because yeah. that. That's going to be how you really flex that green tag. Wait a second. Are you saying there are contests that people can enter in on our Discord? Is that what you're saying? If you are a Patreon member. <laughs> Get on Patreon, guys. Support it. So these are all uh, people that I do expect to see in our next um, contest. And that would be thank you to Thomas, Christian, Thad, Kyle, Raz, Micah, Adam, Arvid, A2286NBEIBF4. <laughs> Brain, John the Fool, Eric, Thomas, Mike, Miguel, Brian, Papal, Papal? Pa- Papal. Uh, yeah, pa- Papal. Marcus, Nick, Eduardo, Weenus McGinnis, <laughs> Ben Flug, Deaths McGee, Actual, Awan, Awan Soul. A Wanderer Soul. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Mark just corrected Eric. I can read it because it was three words all clumped into one. <laughs> so it wasn't actually. That's how you always language. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah. to Darth Horace, Paul, James, Parker, Alex, and Atsuyo. Guys, Ooh, thank you so much for honestly, contributing. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you hang out on our Discord oh, with us. I thought you said we look forward to spending your money, but just. I would never. Me. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you to Christian and Dylan for joining us on the show. I hope yeah, you guys boys. had a good time. Yeah, I appreciate it. And now that you finish this podcast, why not tune in to Let's Talk Lawhammer? That is the sister podcast to Lispo One. And you get to listen to me and my buddy Matt talk shit about everyone in this room. <laughs> and, uh, and this will be the highlight of the next episode. You thought it was going to be a pub, clip, pub quiz. It was going to berate you guys for half an hour. Mm, yeah. so. Oh, you're going to do How Did Lawhammer Hurt You Part 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got show way me, more content. Show me on the doll where Lord Hammer hurt you. Uh, but yes. if y'all listen to this, I assume this is going to come out in time. Uh, do jump into the pub quiz. Uh, send me a message. Get, make a team. Uh, it's going to be a really cool episode. Yeah, so get involved. I'm excited yeah. for, to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. it'll be real fun. There may yeah. be even some secret appearances. We shall see. And with that being said, see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Because it's another motherfucking podcast. Drop it like a... Join in. Enjoy oh, it's blast. so oh, fucking whatever. hot in this room. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the beach. I got no energy left. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, let's just all kiss in the center of the table as is tradition and we'll end the podcast. <laughs>
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.